everyone. Welcome to Bash Yet. Sorry, I won't look, I won't look. Oh, yeah, don't look at me. Don't look at me. You can't look at me while you're doing this. Um, uh, hey, everyone. You're listening to Batch Signal, the number one podcast in this group. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dylan, and I'm here with my wonderful, perfect, best friend, co-host, Kate. Um, and we're going to be, this is actually our inaugural episode, so... Um, it's a little, a little jittery, uh, honestly, but I'm super excited to do this with my best friend. So we're going to be talking about, actually, Kate, why don't you tell me and uh, our new listeners uh, <laughs> what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, thank you for handling that so calmly as I sit over here, like, squirming and sticking my tongue out at you, but... <laughs> thank you, thank you for not looking at me while I did that. <laughs> I feel... Hi embarrassed I feel elated I feel um I think I'm sweating I don't know <laughs> what's going on over here well it's only gonna get worse yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's comforting <laughs> so I think today we are going to do um instead of just like breaking down all of the cast bios for the upcoming player and Patient season of the bachelor we're for we have some high school yearbook style superlatives for all members of the cast uh coming up and then after that dylan and i have put ourselves through a gauntlet of bachelor related <laughs> media to give you a breakdown of the state of bachelor nation and i don't know we might wrap up with some like weird watches of reality tv and our feelings about the upcoming season just kind of shoot the shit there's so much tv we've watched lately oh, god there's so much shit to shoot as they say. <laughs> can't wait <laughs> okay let's uh let's get into it yeah all right so we just kind of like haphazardly I went to a website for like teens putting together yearbooks as like a base <laughs> for some superlatives and then we just kind of spitballed from there so if these go in a weird direction we apologize in advance yes for, yeah, forgive <laughs> us <laughs> yeah. but our first superlative is most likely to be the next bachelor who'd you have dylan uh well kate uh so <laughs> i had so i kind of cheated um well i, was, I didn't i was indecisive a little uh, bit um so my first pick uh was dale oh okay you wanna we, we should probably say too we are spoiled we're gonna stay spoiled we're gonna spoil you so if that's not what you want yeah, yeah, yeah. We're probably not your show. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. so, but, but to be clear, spoiled as far as we know that Claire leaves early with Dale Moss, 31, um, from, <laughs> from South Dakota. Um, but not who Tasha and that, and that Tasha is, is sort of takes her place, but not who her final four are or who she ends up with. So that's like, how spoiled we are, um, which, uh, and, and we'll get to this, which is, but this is like a thing that I thought was really interesting, like listening to the other, like, you know, the Bachelor, the mm -hmm. sort of official Bachelor podcast and how like they are obviously spoiled in this way, but they like maintained this weird, like, they just pretended like they weren't. And there was like a couple of slip ups on Bachelor Happy Hour, sort of, but I just mm -hmm. went, God, this is so fucking bizarre. Like, we all, like, how many people listening to this really don't know, you know, like what kind of the sort of weird, anyway, so I, I have a lot of, I want to talk to you a lot about 
this weird like artifice that they are sort of complicit and I think maintaining around the show um, totally and and what that I mean I don't know like how that maybe affects what we how we should listen to them like what their actual what they're doing you know like what they're actually doing um Hmm. uh so that aside so I I digressed um I I will digress from time to time um yeah so Dale Moss um who again is uh the person that Claire picks and then sort of leaves with, uh, who sort of ruins the Bachelorette. Uh, I think Dale, after reading his bio and just sort of looking at him, um, I think, as I think, my guess is that like his long-term goal was actually to is actually to be the Bachelor, um, and I'm going to predict that he, as this hyper-competitive person, as he sort of describes himself, I think he sort of, in his sort of excitement to just to sort of win, maybe loses his sight of the ultimate goal, which is not really to win, but to sort of lose in a way in which he can become Bachelor. Um, but I think that, I, I, so I think what's going to happen is, like, they'll be together, but then they'll break up, and then, you know, maybe in a kind of Nick Vial-esque way, or Colton, kind of what he'll take a dip in paradise, um, and then sort of will become The Bachelor. But I, I really think, it, so that's also sort of my projection of his game going forward. <laughs> I'm doing a lot at once, but but yeah, so I really, yeah, my, just kind of looking at him, I really think there's, there's some Bachelor potential there. Hmm. Well, and I mean, like, from what I've heard from Reality Steve, it sounds like he was in Claire's DMs on Instagram, like, before the season even started like after he was cast which is a very like colton move yeah you know it's aggressive an aggressive play aggressive play and i feel like you have to have a long game if you're doing something like that and i I just feel like anyone with that kind of game like leaving the show early and as the winner yeah not great not great not great i think we'll be seeing a lot of him and i i think this uh I, I just, yeah, I just, again, just kind of, he just seems like the type who's just, you know, <laughs> I don't know loves attention, needs, <laughs> and I don't think, this is not the, this is not the end of him, not at all. Uh, who did you have? Okay, so I actually took, like, an opposite tactic on this one, in that I was like, who do I want to be the next Bachelor? Okay. I went with Garen Flowers. Uh not just because Garrett is my first boyfriend's name and I never thought I would meet another Garrett in my life. Okay, hear me out on this one though. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> okay, keep going. I, I, won't, I won't say where I, where I had him. Well, I oh God. Well, okay. So like deep diving, I reading about him, like he is a journalism professor at USC. Mm-hmm. He has his master's in journalism from Northwestern, which is a good school. Great journalism school. Mm-hmm. Overpriced. Good school. Uh, well, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we know he's like media savvy, right? Like we know mm-hmm. he's like very aware. And I think it would be my ultimate fantasy. It would just pull me so far fucking under the water <laughs> if he like went in there savvy with a plan and like just fell in love with Claire and like bought into the whole process and like came back like something about seeing someone who thinks they know better 
who's there for the wrong reasons be flipped <laughs> into the right reasons and becoming the <laughs> ultimate believer. I'm sure I'm just like projecting too much of my own like doubts about the show onto this, but like that arc would really, really do it for me. Wow. Okay. You, you have successfully talked me into <laughs> like him as Bachelor, if that's his arc. Like that, that would be really satisfying to see. Um, I also sort of thought, when I saw him, the very first thing I thought about was like, oh, you know, media savvy. Um, like what, mm-hmm. like what does someone who's media savvy, what is their kind of gameplay like on this show? And like how do, you know what I mean? And, and what's their goal? I don't, um, <laughs> I don't think he's good looking enough to be Bachelor. Uh, and, and I don't, or, or I know, I don't, I want I want to say it differently, but that is what I mean, you know, mm. like there's another way to say that, but I just think that there's n- like, I, and I think he is likely to be manipulated, I think, by mm. producers, I think, because um, if they like pick him on my, fa- like if he, and you're, if you're right, and, or no, I mean, I'm sure you're right, but if, if, I don't they, if they sort of, I think, pick up on the fact that like, maybe he thinks that like, oh, I know how TV works. Um, mm-hmm. then I think they, he, people like that can be pushed into doing things that maybe they wouldn't otherwise mm-hmm. do that might not necessarily benefit, like not get them to like where they actually want to be. You know what I mean? Um, hmm. I, I, I think I, so my superlative for him was, mm-hmm. um, most likely to be the narrator. Interesting. That actually makes a lot of sense. You know, because yeah. I was just thinking like, okay, so he teaches sort of journalism and television. Like, I'm sure he knows how to like storyfy. I think like if they're also interested in keeping like as many like black dudes around as possible, <laughs> maybe they'll pick like a black narrator. Um, mm. <clears throat> so I, I, that was like what my, my thought in terms of like what kind of player we're going to see is like a narrator who like, like, speaks well and succinctly and he's like kind of likable and and who I, I think will like him I, and I predict that he'll be likable um but I don't know I don't know if if he has enough of like the the sort of like sparkle I think to like hmm. to, to to play a lead I could be wrong of course but also I just like he's not tall enough I don't know now I'm just like finding reasons but yeah that that was my he was my pick to be like most likely narrator no that makes a lot of sense I think for me just like dangling the prospect of like or the question of why would someone with media training fucking like sign up to be tortured by a bunch of like 25 year old sadists on tv is like so inexplicable to me that I was like he's gotta have some kind of master plan or something but maybe he just likes to be on TV. That would probably be. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> it, could be, it could be that simple. Yeah. Um, who did you have? So let, let's go with like the the narrator one. So he was, Garen was my pick for most likely to be narrator. Did you have a narrator pick? I did. I had, okay. I had Robbie Stahl. He is, uh, he's the only Robbie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm clicking through my picks right now. Okay. Yeah. He's like generically handsome. He kind of looks like James Kennedy from Vanderpump Rules. He actually does not have a bio that you can click on the website. He's one of the broken links. Okay. Okay. Which led me down a rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) 
Robbie has an IMDb page and Robbie has previously been a bartender on Bravo's Watch What Happens Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. Holy which shit. And he's done some like whatever B grade short films. So to me, oh, all of this yeah, so to me that says wants to be on TV and also like plays well with production. Mm. So my thought was he would have and like I don't know. I I wonder like talking about like them trying to keep as many like black men on as possible, like mm-hmm. if they're gonna go the opposite way of like have we gone too far? Like, do we need a generically <laughs> handsome white narrator to keep, you know, to like... <laughs> to ba- keep the, keep the balance. <laughs> yeah. equilibrium. They have to have some emotional entry point, you know, so <laughs> I don't know. Like... So he was my pick, um, just because I think he's going to play well with production, and he doesn't seem, like, I don't think he's going to have the personality to go very to go to like paradise or something so narrator is just kind of where i see him fitting in did you have money no i didn't really i I couldn't feel like i couldn't find like what i felt like a really natural superlative for him um i'm i'm so grateful for for the information that you've got here because (laughs) you helped me figure out one which i think is most likely to appear on like x on the beach uh, oh, yeah. Yes. You know, you know, <laughs> he's most he's most likely, I think, to try to appear on like to sort of hook up with like some other like Love Island reality TV star, and then they both sort of kind of parlay that into a a, um, a what will certainly be an average showing on X on the Beach. That's what I think. I honestly applaud him. I think that's like an intellectually honest way forward. And like. He's not trying to pivot to Instagram. He's here to milk as many reality shows as he can. And yeah, I, respect I respect it. That. I respect it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. The next superlative I have on my list is most villainous. Ooh, Who okay. did you have? Um, I had, let me find his name. I think it was one of the Blakes. Nope, it was Bennett. Bennett! Yeah, the Wall Street guy. <laughs> yeah, it was Bennett. Um, I, so one of my notes, I, so the, the very first thing I wrote down um, uh-huh. when viewing his profile was, it's a real shame his eyes are dead. <laughs> um, it Incredible. is. It's, it's a real shame. Uh, and I, I think, um, though I don't know how, I think he'll get a villain edit. I don't know how long he'll really be around. So like, in terms of what, like, I, what I thought about his sort of profile and like what like how high his ceiling is I think it's more I think what's most likely to happen with him is that um early on he's really easy to hate and um and dislike and he seems sort of you know obviously full of himself and like people will sort of you know flame him on Twitter and then he'll be kind of unceremoniously dumped um Mm -hmm. and best case scenario for him I think maybe we see him also get thrown in as a villain and like a sort of you know winter games or um Mm -hmm. or paradise or something like that but i think that's probably his arc yeah i mean you can look at like the text of his bio on the abc website and they're just like setting him up for the fall Mm -hmm. bennett says he hasn't always been quote this successful and good looking and that they throw in to harvard like to the extent that they're trying to like appeal to a Midwestern Trump voter, like watching an East Coast finance intellectual get his ass kicked by Claire Crawley is probably going to be like very satisfying to them, you know? 
yeah. Yikes. What is this? Yeah. Humidity at any level is a deal breaker for Bennett? But humidity isn't like a, a, a personality, like a personality. It has nothing to do with people, you know? Like how can... Well, that, that's a thing. Like the deal's broken and then what? You go inside? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Like... He doesn't seem, I want, I imagine in the, in the instant he'll be like, oh, he sucks. Great, let's move on now. You know, I don't think he'll have, the thing is, I don't think he'll be an interesting villain. I think he'll just be a sort of one-dimensional, like, oh, he's a huge dickhead. And that's it. Well, there's always, like, an initial villain, like a comically evil villain, like a Waboom or, like, a Goose. And then there's yeah. always, like, a late-stage villain, like an actual shitster in the final four. Yeah. And he has big early stage villain energy yep yep absolutely you're totally right who did you have (sighs) all right this is both gonna be my most controversial pick and the most likely to get us prematurely canceled in our first episode oh my god (laughs) (laughs) who who could it possibly be i have have literally no idea (laughs) who this could be okay just lay it on me all right, here we go. Hear me out on this one. My pick was Ben Smith, the 29-year-old Army Ranger veteran. <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. Here's okay. the first two, first two sentences of his bio. Ben is a sweet Midwestern boy with California dreamboat good looks. After graduating from the United States Military Academy at West Point and becoming an Army Ranger. So this is a guy who's our age. He grew up in the shadow of 9-11, watching the disaster that was the war in Afghanistan. And instead of reacting by being like, that seems like a mess, he said, I'm going to beg my governor to appoint me to do that professionally. And I'm going to go to school so I can be better at it. (laughs) (laughs) You and I grew up in the Midwest in the exact same time frame. Exactly. We would never go to college to get better at killing people in the Middle East. I, <laughs> uh, I am so incredibly on board with this. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Like, if we get canceled because of this correct fucking take, I'm fine with that. Because you're right. It, it, it is a, it's like, it, I, so I was actually really unsure of how to approach them because my, again, like, my initial thought was like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Um, but no, I, so, okay, wait, wait, so, so I guess continue, because I don't know, I don't think you totally got there. Right. First piece of evidence is that <laughs> he worked really hard to become one of the troops. Sorry, yeah. everyone. Second, he listed that his favorite indulgence is an ice bath. That's serial <laughs> killer shit. What the fuck? That's like, he needs to feel pain to feel something kind of shit. Oof. You know? Yeah. What is that? Uh-huh. And then I... I found his LinkedIn and his, I think his like uh, fitness instructor job title on here is a lie. And he is a currently a sales representative for a digital marketing firm. And he also co-founded a company called Pepper Blackwood Bikinis, where he designed and ran social media for men's swimsuits. And to me, that's all just like huge wrong reasons energy, you know? He is already working to position himself as an influencer. He couldn't even make his LinkedIn private, which admittedly, neither can I. He probably saw this morning that I looked in his profile, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I just think that the serial killer tendencies paired with the 
clear desire to become an influencer makes me kind of nervous. Ben's one to watch um, for sure. We must be vigilant in sort, especially if <laughs> especially if he it gets like a good edit or it, or like if his edits maybe like a little complicated. I think we need to be vigilant in reminding our our incredible listeners how awful Ben is. <laughs> um, so I yeah. I, are you have are you up on Reality Steve's blog? Um, I didn't, no, I'm not as current because I wanted to, I guess, like, my thought was, I, I was unsure of, like, how much information I, I really wanted mm. in sort of judging these bios. I think clear after this, I'll probably go and, like, catch up for the most part. Um, what am I, what am I missing? Can I, yeah, can I spoil you on Ben? Is that yes, okay? Yes, you can. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. Apparently, his sister has been going around saying that he's one of Tasha's final two. Ooh. Isn't that crazy? Oh, 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 no. And he's like, not, I mean, what do I know? He's, but I, not, not cute. No, 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 no. I, I, when you said, when, when I read Movie Star Good Looks, my thought was, that's not, that's, no, that's incorrect. <laughs> Literally wrong. Yeah, or like California, <laughs> like that's, no, 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 that's not true. Uh-huh. There, there was no need for that. That's not true. Um, uh, yes, so that means he'll be in our life much longer than I want him to be. Can't wait so, to see the conservative people in my family go nuts about him. <laughs> <laughs> They're well, going to love a veteran. Oh, God. You know, so, so... Wait, yeah, did you have him on your list? Yeah, so I have him on my list. So here are my thoughts on Ben. Um, <laughs> I said, one thing I said was, uh, I think his success will depend on how tall he is. Uh, because, mm-hmm. again, I think his face <laughs> doesn't do enough for him. Your commitment um, to the height thing is so inspiring, by the way. Well, I think it's because I'm of average height that I, and I sort of resent certain, like, taller people who don't have personalities, because I think mm-hmm. they just sort of are coasting by on their tallness, and I think that that's um, shitty of them, and not, <laughs> and not fair, <coughs> uh, frankly, it's not fair. So, oh, I said he does not have the best face. Um, I said, I, I imagine he comes off nice at first and seems extroverted and a little adventurous, uh, military folk tend to do well on the show because they're easy to package. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but ultimately, I think he's too needy and self-absorbed. And the reason I said I think he's too needy and self-absorbed is the following from his bio. <laughs> uh, ben wants a wife who can openly communicate and stay emotionally available to him. Uh, she also must be able to keep up with him on the dance floor or at least be willing to cheer him on when he jumps in the middle of the dance battle to show off some of his winning moves. couple things here. Um, the first thing is again that he wants a wife who can openly communicate and stay emotionally available this is a huge red flag uh, because again what he's saying is he wants her to be emotionally available to him whenever he needs her to be but there's no mention really here of like a sort of give and take like Ben doesn't strike me as the person who will be emotionally available to her Uh, and so that's the first thing and then the second thing is um Anyone, I don't, I, I think most people look like total fools when they jump into the middle of a dance floor. Uh, I, like, you don't have, like, people who demand to be the center of attention at a dance, like in a dance scenario, mm-hmm. are often, I think, bad people. I think that's something we can agree on, that, like, if you want to know the signs of a really shit person, like, generally, someone who commands attention on a dance floor is yep. like might be sort of like a metaphor for like how they are in a relationship you know everything revolves around them etc and i just think that's that in addition to the fact that he uh, you know um 
has some Western imperialist tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, that's a bad wedding date. Like, that's he just described a sh- having a shitty time at a wedding. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. That's yeah, because, you know, what if you have a date who, like, isn't really interested in dancing? You know what you do when your date isn't interested in dancing? You sit and you have a nice time with them. You don't abandon them and go on a dance floor or shame them or demand that they cheer you on. You know, it's just not, I don't, I'm, I don't care for Ben. Um, I don't care for Ben and I, so, okay, another tiny thing, like, mm-hmm. not that, like, you have to like commit to like whatever so I don't know like so West Point is like a good school and everything and there's something really disappointing or like weird about him going to me about like him saying like he wants to be to be like a personal trainer or something instead of I don't know doing something else like I just, I just like I just the sort of imagination I think is it seems like and of course it was a lie so we, we know that um but like the, for, from reading his bio I thought dismal imagination here not a fan um so i'm very very fucking low on ben um though unfortunately i think because of his profile i think he'll like we should assume that he'll have a good run totally Ugh, already dreading it (sighs) okay so the next i had was the future paradise mvp okay who'd you you have oh who do i have yeah um so i have one of my favorites brendan Okay, I'm really interested to hear you sell this to me. Okay. So I'm very, <laughs> so I'm very, very high on Brendan. Uh, really? The 30-year-old commercial roofer from uh, Boston, basically. I don't see it. Um, so, this is what, so I actually thought that he had the best bio. Wow, that is, okay. okay I'm, I'm, I'm really high. So this is, so let me, let me explain. Uh, so the way I was thinking about this was like, not necessarily what I liked, but sort of what what is the sort of what are the sort of ideal like qualities and sort of interests and sort of profile that like figure for someone to do really well in this game, right? And uh-huh. usually it's not, and, and like usually it's like the guys that do really well are attractive. Uh, they don't have to be super attractive, but attractive, um, fit. Uh, family oriented and have some sort of event life event that was difficult that they can use to sort of open up and emotionally connect they only need one they usually mm-hmm. only have one mm-hmm. doesn't even need to be that it doesn't it, it, but it needs to be like kind of usually it, it, a death works best uh, because it's not like and death, again death of a parent also works really well because it's just it it's easily sort of like instantly one can sort of empathize a little bit and and again combined with being attractive and fit it just usually serves somebody really well um and i think brendan is kind of fits all of those now i don't think okay so again i think he had i think he's gonna have one of the best careers on this show i don't necessarily think that he'll be a bachelor um, but I think he'll be like a solid presence and and I think we'll like generally enjoy like a good good run. So this is and this is part of another reason I really like him. Um, I really appreciate that he moved back. He went to LA but then moved away from LA because LA is awful. I really, really like that he moved away from LA. Now uh, back home to be you know, near his family. Now the caveat here is he could always move back to LA after 
you know, him after being very successful on the show. Uh, and if that is the case, then um, I will sort of, I'll have to adjust my feelings. About that, <laughs> um, but I kind of, I like that. Um, I think, I think he's, so he's experienced loss, which is good. He has good job growth potential, which is good. He seems family oriented. That's good. He's pretty fit, seems fun enough. And that's good. I also, uh, I guess he comes from a, uh, from what we know, a blue, a blue collar family. And so I guess I, for some reason I, I'm, I would, I, I, I like, would like a, a parole to do well here. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I think he's going to have, I think he's going to have like a good, a good career. I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a good career. I don't know if he's going to have the personality to really be like MVP of paradise or, or anything, but I do, I do think, I do see him being kind of well-liked, well-received, um, and, and generally, I think he'll do, he'll do well. So, I also actually had Brandon on my list, but I had him as my most likely to have peaked in high school, oh. and here is why. Okay. So, one in his bio, it says his real passion is coaching his high school's basketball team, to uh. which... I went to, doesn't that, not to knock him down too much in your esteem. No, 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 no. I'm so high on him. Like, no, you keep going. Yeah. So this led me down a rabbit hole because I was like, I bet I could find pictures of him. You know, like local sports coaches tend Mm. to be on the radar. So he is not from Boston. He's actually from Milford. And the Milford Daily News published a story about him being cast on The Bachelorette. In which they did not describe him as a commercial roofer, but as an aspiring actor. And they summarized his career as follows. In his first acting role, Marais played a Russian thug in the film The Equalizer, starring Denzel Washington, according to the official Facebook page for Get Rich for Free, a 2017 movie Marais started. He was also featured in two shorts from 2017, Chances and Ace of Spades, according to his IMDb page. He has also done commercials for Jeep, Phage, Phage Greek Yogurt, Truly Hard Seltzer, and Joseph A. Bank. And he has modeled for New Balance and Life is Good. So <laughs> I think what happened is he went to LA. He did all these short films. It didn't fucking work because I imagine he's probably not a great actor. <laughs> So he had to go back to Massachusetts because he couldn't make it in LA because he peaked in high school and had to return to the site of his former glory. Wow. Um, Yeah. How does that affect, does that affect your opinion? Give me a minute while (laughs) I I, uh, absorb that and, and sort of consider, uh, consider Brendan again. Okay. It changes perhaps like how much I personally will be invested in his success. It does Mm -hmm. not change what I think about his career, like what I think about his prospects. I still think he'll do well. Um, <clears throat> because again, I think, I, I, really, I really appreciate those details. I think they're like really helpful and important. I also am curious to want to see now how much that really matters, you know? Because mm, mm-hmm. on some level, like if, if these bios are like how they'll be presented to us and, right. sort of, and this is like how we should think of them as characters on this show and and think and 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 are sort of highlighting the characteristics that usually I think they're all trying to highlight character characteristics that make make them go farther. 
I still think those characteristics that are highlighted will, I, I think that if those are emphasized enough and if he like plays well, I think he'll go far. Um, I am personally a little devastated that he is <laughs> such a fucking fraud. I'm um, so sorry. <laughs> um, but but I, I'm glad that, I'm glad that you're bringing me down to earth now versus like, I don't know, you know, like if he, you know, in the middle of the season or something, you're like, I have to tell you this. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, so that, that, that's, Jesus, an actor. Okay. Um, <laughs> great. Okay. Well, that, that was uh, my, but, oh, but here's, maybe then like we can have faith in, okay. So actually, yes, I, I, I still think he'll do well because I think even if he's acting a little bit, hopefully he realizes he doesn't have to do that much. True. Okay. 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 I have my future paradise MVP pick. Okay, who's that? It's Damar Jackson. I'm okay. obsessed with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go he, on. He had me at the bio in his line that the one non-negotiable in Damar's life is his passion for spin. Love that. Love that for him. <laughs> People who do spin have amazing bodies. You know, he's going to look amazing in a swimsuit in paradise. I like that he writes poetry in his spare time, but wouldn't consider himself a poet by any means. He's deep. He's humble. He didn't pick some bullshit hobby, like, hopes to one day have a golden doodle, like, eight of these <laughs> fucking clowns. So, his DJ, or, but he also wants to be a DJ in the Las Vegas Strip. Highly relatable. Incredible. <laughs> committed to a lifestyle of having an amazing body. So then, like, I fell in love with him from his bio. So, mm. obviously, I Googled him. Yes. Firstly, on Instagram, he's an underappreciated hottie. He's super hot. He's in one of the video promos and his style for the season and his style is like amazing. Okay. Like turtlenecks, well-cropped trousers. Love oh, it. Okay. Okay. Then I found his Twitter. Uh, firstly, he has a master's degree from Clemson. Amazing. Good. Okay. Also, he likes has been tweeting a lot of really good memes about Donald Trump dying from COVID, which I was like, all right, politics are good. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I think just like, he had a good Twitter vibe, you know, like good okay. takes, just like good energy. Um, yeah, I love him. I actually also gave him an honorary superlative of most likely to gain a lesbian best friend by the end of this because uh, <laughs> it's me. I love him. <laughs> okay. I think... Yeah, I don't think he's going to go farther than, like, top six, just because I do think he's, like, here to have fun a little bit, you know? Okay. In a good way, in a way that I think is going to be, like, amazing in Paradise. Like, he just okay. seems perfect for Paradise. Okay. I, you know, I'm into that. I'm, I'm, in, I'm into that assessment. I, you know, so I was, I'm pretty high on DeMar. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, what'd you have him? Did you have him on uh, your list? I had him on my list. Um, my superlative for him was... Um, most likely to be a DJ on the Las Vegas show. <laughs> <laughs> he does seem most likely, though. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, and one of the trends here is that a lot of these guys have, like, very achievable dreams. Uh, <laughs> and I thought, like, this was, like, a really good one. I think he seems, um, I also had, I think he'll do really well in Paradise. Really charismatic. Um, I think he's, like, maybe, like, a better version of Wills. Mm -hmm. Like, or, like, Ooh, maybe not a better, like, um, I actually had a different person who reminded me of Wills. Um, 
I think he is more charismatic, but I think like mm-hmm. he'll have, I think he'll be kind of like really likable in the same way, like universally like liked in the same mm-hmm. way Rose was. Um, I went a little bit the other way on the poetry thing. Um, oh no, I, I, listeners should know that Dylan is a poetry MFA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, buckle the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, um, whatever, uh, you know, I, I just like, let's unpack that whatever. What yeah, doing? whatever. I, 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 so, so what I'm feeling right now is like a little self-conscious for being like, like snobby and mm-hmm. like pretentious about poetry um but I just you have to understand everyone you must understand you must understand I have so much poetry is bad um and like a lot of people who write poetry are sort of like fake deep trash uh and and like use that as a way of saying that like they're deep when like their poetry is bad and they're like mostly cliche and and I did so I just completed my MFA so I'm a bit scarred so yeah so this is like sort of the grain of salt grain of salt here but but more than that it was more like oh so he writes poetry and they're telling us this because we're going to have to listen to his bad poetry and and I wrote Mm -hmm. in all caps I don't deserve that Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um but so I'm I'm I want to be trying and be optimistic because everything that you else that you've told about me about told about him to me is good. So I'm going to sort of hope good. that his poetry is light and fun and not like trying to do too much unnecessarily. Um, and if it's that, then I then I can I think I can get behind it. There's another person who also writes poetry when I was just like kind of like oh my god like another another person um though the one other thing i'll say about damar and i think this when i was getting into these bios i just kind of i wondered like because so many of these guys seem like they might be basically the same um (laughs) i wondered like how that's actually i'm curious to see how that's actually gonna like work out sort of in sort of in action you know if Mm -hmm. like you know for example like there are all these former professional athletes like if there's like nine former professional athletes then is that really something that somebody can say use as like somebody to stand out you know like does that work as much when like there are a bunch you know does it work as well if like a bunch of people are fit or whatever you know Mm -hmm. so like I, I I I'm curious to see and it's I think kind of a little bit hard to tell like who's gonna kind of separate themselves a little mm-hmm. bit um hmm. and damar i think has a good chance of that um but at the same time there are a lot of like good looking black guys on this in this cast to describe themselves as really good charismatic and fit and fun and shit um so i i, I think that's just something to watch out for is like you know who another question i think moving yeah. forward is to think about like you know again um if you, you can like maybe have a bunch like a really diverse cast but if like the guys are all or the cast are like basically the same um I, I oof, you know I wonder like I don't know I it just I'm just like I'm just sort of starting to think about like okay like what are how are we how is this gonna actually gonna work in action you know yeah um, I mean I will say like having tried to creep everyone's professional career I do think that the black contestants this season are like overqualified compared to the rest of the contestants in terms of like graduate degrees and not lying about their jobs like I mean if anything Damar is underselling it because he has a master's degree and like (laughs) yeah has all of these plans 
Um, but I do, your point about like everyone being a professional athlete is well taken. Cause I feel like there's always like one guy on the season who like, that's his thing. And same mm-hmm. with like, there's like three or four attorneys this time. Like there's always like a lawyer that stands out just for being a lawyer, but like right. that's gone. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think that tomorrow's the charisma to make it. I think so. I, I, again, like I'm high, I'm, I'm, I'm high on him too. So yeah. we'll, we'll, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping we'll see some good things from him. Um, so the next one is most likely to get canceled. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I had, I mean, I guess like Bennett was sort of my one for that too. I kind of like flamed on Twitter canceled. I think was kind of, that's who I had. Yeah. You, you know, he's got some like skeletons in his closet. Yeah. You know, like harvard social club finance there's like a me too (laughs) moment just fucking like waiting to happen with that guy or like a cocaine problem yeah i mean i without a doubt he is sort of hazed a pledge in in a way that was sort of like violated them physically um i Mm -hmm. i'm sure like (laughs) i'm sure he did that um so can't wait to hear all about that yeah this one I had Yusef only because when Chris Harrison was like doing the live read of the cast and via reality Steve both have intimated that he gets in a large blow-up fight with Claire in which he is misogynistic and disrespectful Hmm. and then I went on his LinkedIn he did not lie about his job (laughs) however like you know how on like LinkedIn you can put like a little like headline you know that's Mm -hmm. like whatever whatever like poet living in Pittsburgh yeah yeah his is just a quote that says have you ever held a life in your hands <laughs> listeners what does that mean <laughs> what does that mean in the context of your LinkedIn professional profile <laughs> even if you had held a life in your hands like I imagine Ben Smith has done like why why would you, why would you say that to a prospective employer like I just can't imagine a world in which that's like chill you know so I think the question is if you were in a position to hire him and you as one does <laughs> creeped his LinkedIn page and saw that what what would be your most immediate response I mean, I think my immediate response would be to cancel the interview for my own personal safety. Like, I just feel like this combination of misogyny and blatant serial killer tendency is, like, not amazing. But part of me would want to have the interview to ask him about it. Like, you know it's going to be fucked, so let's hear it. I would call him up and and say, have you? (laughs) That's my only question. Have you? I should have just DM'd him that on LinkedIn last night. <laughs> Honestly, I probably had enough beers or I would have if I texted you. <laughs> yeah, like, I, 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 somewhat, listeners, if you feel compelled to message uh, Yusef and, and, and really follow up on this question, um, please do, and please write us and, and let us know what, what he said. We, I think, need to know. I think we all need to know. <laughs> Yeah, like, you could be putting your life on the line, but it's probably worth it. Well, someone has to do it. Yeah. Did you have Yusuf on your list at all? Uh, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't. Um, I wasn't really sure where to place him. But I, I think this is, I, I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable with saying that <laughs> he's most likely to get canceled. Um, you had, okay, so 
the next one is most likely they're speaking high school. You yeah. um, have Brendan, which, you know, that's fair. Um, so I had yeah. Brandon, 28 real estate agent from slash model from New York. He's the one who, uh, his dream, I guess, is to return to the burbs in Cleveland and raise his family. Oh, yeah, this guy. Sorry, yeah. I needed a second. I think, uh, oh, no, wait, that wasn't, sorry. He was my most likely to pivot to porn. No, oh, wait, he was my most likely, oh, no, he wasn't. Okay, keep going. Okay. But he's up there. Because <laughs> yeah, the line about older women is like, I know they're doing it for Clara, but it also comes across as like, yeah. What? <laughs> so, yeah. So he was really most likely to upset while we're here. I'm just going to uh, yeah. talk about him. Um, so my most immediate response is that he has a line that says like he's an Italian stallion in the prime of his life. My very first <laughs> thought was, you know, that means that it's all downhill from here. <laughs> like everyone, like that, that is what everyone should think when they meet him now is that like his best days are currently happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that he will have the only, uh, the, uh, he only has a few good summers left. So, uh, that's a good point. Although, maybe does that mean he didn't peak in high school, where his best days are now? Yeah. So yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is I, I, I think I, I, I thought I don't know who I was thinking of, but for some reason I was thinking. Oh, it's because I almost did that for him, but I realized mm, like that right, was, right. would have been appropriate. Um, but just a couple more things on Brandon. I said he actually wants to live in the suburbs. Ew. Uh, <laughs> he has like this sort of, he gives off this like his way or the highway vibe, um, mm-hmm. which seems bad. And it's troubling that he cannot, oh, this is something I really hate. Um, I really hate when people say that they like don't like it when people are sad around them and like they're always trying to make people happy. Like one, like leave people alone. Like being sad is fine. <laughs> yeah. And two, it's also like, what it really means is that you don't like being asked to be like emotionally supportive, like mm-hmm. you, you know, and mm-hmm. like having to mm-hmm. like or like being asked to sort of be present with somebody who is like maybe not in a great mood. Um, and so like when you sort of or you're uncomfortable by that, and you sort of make it about yourself and you try and like either uh, shame them for maybe not being in a good mood or like try and make them just happy and then get mad at them when they're not. No, it's just like it's yeah, just, yeah. It's actually really shitty, um, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes like the way it's talked about is if it's like a positive thing, like oh, I try and you know make everyone happy around me or whatever, whatever. It's like well, one, that's not your job, and 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 two, again, like to me, I always think like oh, so you just like aren't emotionally like mature enough to like handle it when somebody is sad. Okay, well, there, <laughs> you know. So, how far do you think Brandon's gonna go? I think he's attractive enough to get through the first couple of rounds if he doesn't like totally eat shit you know <laughs> like you know I, I think like he's probably good looking enough to at least es- to get through I don't think I basically I don't think Claire's gonna cut him I don't mm. really I don't I don't think I don't think she's gonna cut him um I think I could also see him getting a villain at it um mm. he seems like he's pretty self-absorbed pretty full of himself or being involved in some kind of drama, but again, at the same, I, I could think is I could also see him fade into the background a little bit. So a lot of good-looking guys here who are full of themselves, um, and I don't think he doesn't strike me as like the alpha type, um, mm-hmm. not really. Um, so I, I think it's most like I think we'll see him in paradise, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna be. 
all I don't think there's there's a lot to him I don't think there's gonna be a, I don't think there's a lot to him what do you think yeah. Yeah, no, I like your assessment of, like, he definitely has the vibe of a guy who's going to realize he doesn't have a lot of potential, and so he just starts picking fights with other guys. Like, yeah. he would be the guy that, like, goes after a Jordan Kimball or a Goose or something like that. Mm, yeah. Like, he's going to have a one-episode arc where he just, like, flames out, I think, which could yeah. probably get him in paradise. I think so, yeah. Because, you know, the... I think that's right. That is like the the move of like like a, a play is to sort of if you're kind of in the middle of the pack, like asserting your position in the middle of the pack by like going after someone who's at the bottom, you know. And yeah, it's it's a it is a, it's a it'll get him I think a, a storyline. I think that's probably the best you can ask for. He's too young. I think he's too young for Tasha. Yeah, and probably just kind of inexperienced. Um, and Claire doesn't pick him. So, uh, I, <laughs> we you know, yeah. yeah, there was a line in the bio that was like, what will Claire think of him? And and I said, she won't be into him. <laughs> As we know. Um, yeah. So that's, <laughs> okay. that's, a, that's what I have for him. As an aside, every time, like, I feel like half of these bios say, like, into older women or is dated older women. And, like, maybe it's just, like, me. But does your brain go to, like, 80 year olds when you read that I it's like 50 yeah I'm always like like inappropriately older when I'm assuming they just mean like 30 yeah I I think I think they mean that they hooked up with someone who was 30 when they were 24 (laughs) that's what that's what I assume they mean I, I I think they mean I think what they mean is sure they'll like date they'll like go out to have drinks with someone who's older but they're not gonna marry somebody who's older you know mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. like that that was my I was like okay you know who are we kidding here mm-hmm. I didn't have it on my list at all actually that's oh. how much you blended in for me wow. Just wasn't doing it. <laughs> so yeah have in most likely to pivot to porn I had two. Oh. uh one's a wild card pick right. my first pick is Kenny um so i did a twitter creep on him and he is like a former wilhelmina model like that fake agency a bunch of them sign up with oh god from new york and his he was uh oh he's the boy band manager too Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then he said that he it's his i had him for fakest job title as well uh he was in an issue of vogue russia and Via his Twitter, I have seen his ass and his pubes like 50 times. So oh, oh I think God. if you're already like, it's one thing to be like a shirtless model, but when you've like veered into pube territory, it's wow. porn. You're already basically doing porn. So, so he will have an OnlyFans like mid by by the time the season airs. <laughs> fucking Wednesday. Yeah. Are you kidding me? He's got the content. I didn't even, this is like my lesbianism coming through but like I didn't even know that pubes were like in style for men I was like surprised by their prevalence on his twitter <laughs> so oh uh okay well that's that, that's good that's good intel that's really good that's good you know what I have for Kennyism do you do you watch um New York Housewives Mm-mm. I like I've dabbled here and there but I've never like really committed okay so I just you need to. Uh, the the <laughs> I, I think the first eight seasons are are like so 
um, good. Like they're just very important, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and I've been really influential in like my thinking about like group dynamics on reality TV and things like that. And just sort of wow. in general, it's incredible. These women are consummate professionals. They are so, <laughs> like by, by season eight, it's like huh. they have achieved such incredible levels of craftsmanship. It, it's them is like in Atlanta. It's really, it's really like. Incre it's incredible and absolutely incredible television. Um, but I say this because uh, in season eight, Luann, uh, God, this spoils things. Uh, people, uh, they're, yeah. It doesn't matter. You can be so, so um, Luann, I think it's in season, it might be season seven, but she's engaged to this guy named Tom, who uh -huh. she describes as a man about town. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Kenny is also described as a man about town. And what this means um, is what it usually means is like a guy who's out and about and like sleeps with a bunch of women uh -huh. <laughs> and, um and uh so it made me think of him as like the most likely to have a secret girlfriend back home mm. was mm -hmm. was specifically because of that of that particular description um I I think that like aspiring model type like lends itself to secret girlfriend too mm -hmm. for some reason yeah like you can't you know? go a couple of days without getting like attention from somebody you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. wait who was your most likely to pivot to porn do we talk about it um brandon or yeah, yeah brandon yeah yeah that was my yeah okay i have a wild card pick on most likely to pick pivot to porn okay yeah chris harrison <laughs> <laughs> this can't go on forever and <laughs> he strikes me as someone who like not even only fans like real porn like like produced onset porn that's my guess wow. he definitely has a sex tape oh i didn't even think about that he's he's definitely got one probably a couple <laughs> how you know many. he loves to watch himself have sex. His whole ceiling has to be mirrors. I, like, can't get over it. <laughs> How many of your own fingers would you cut off for Chris Harrison's sex tape? Uh, two. Oh, yeah. I was going to yeah. say four. So yeah. together we could probably get the tape. Yeah. <laughs> that should be enough, I, I should think. I think I should, I should think. You're right. <laughs> Okay, the next I had was the a future Bachelor podcast host. Did you have anyone? Garen, I think was mine. I have heard like rumors online that he's there to write a book. On on Happy Hour um, mm -hmm. with Becca Crufin and, and Rachel Lindsay, that was one of the things that Lin uh, Rachel said. Not that she felt like she was, she didn't like say like rumor and rumor and innuendo says that he's going to do that, but said like, oh, I bet he's going to like write a book and the, you know all this and that would be so interesting and, and I was I you know sort of as I typically do disagree with her listeners you should know that I'm not a fan of Rachel Lindsay so if you are a fan of Rachel Lindsay I disagree uh <laughs> wow I actually I've been your best friend for a decade and I did not know this about you wait I, we, we gone off we should put a pin in this okay yeah we'll, we'll put to a place there. where it's easier to edit out yeah <laughs> just in case yeah <laughs> it gets too hot yeah i mean we're, if we're by the time this ends we're gonna have like no listen like this our sort of demographics of listeners are going to be uh, who's gonna listen to this <laughs> you know besides our partners maybe <laughs> uh okay yeah put it we'll put a pin in that yeah amazing okay i had 
Tyler S. Maybe. Or I had Zach Clark. I didn't, I didn't really have either of them. On your list at all? No, no, they didn't make it. Okay, let me pitch you on Zach Clark. Okay. Here's why I think he's going to be a podcast host. He is one of the bios that on the website doesn't work. Mm-hmm. His career is listed as like addiction specialist. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I Googled him. Mm-hmm. He is a recovered alcoholic and opioid addict who, <laughs> so he's not like a, I guess I wasn't picturing him as like an addiction counselor, mm-hmm. but he's more on the like policy side of like setting up like speaking on behalf of legislation and like programs which is like great I I don't want to disparage that but also has like Christian motivational speaker energy to me (laughs) okay like I didn't listen to anything he said but like the ponytail and just like the backstory feels very Christian (laughs) and Mm. to me that says future podcast host okay i could i could see it how funny should he would it be if he also you know quibi like that like <laughs> dumb thing where they have like it's like four minute shows like this is so stupid yeah you uh, have his own quibi show it's like four minutes of these sort of like positive affirmations <laughs> um, that's better than half the shit these fucking former contestants are putting out there yeah i will say like one interesting like thing conspiracy theorist spider web in my mind so zach clark per reality steve potentially goes top four for Tasha. and as you know we both endured listening to the podcast clickbait which Tasha is on yeah, and around yeah. fucking hour 40 of that podcast <laughs> <laughs> or they like start talking about whether or not they would date someone who was a recovered addict i remember that i don't know if you made it that far but it was i didn't just make like, it that far i didn't make it that yeah far. do you remember what she i remember she said something like she's dated she's done it in the past and it kind of depends uh do you think she was talking about zach clark the past is in two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> i think like oh yeah could could be when else here's my thing when else would Tasha have dated a recovered addict like she got married so she, she distinguished the recovered addict from someone with addiction in their family. And I right. think her ex-husband, who she would have dated in college, given the timeline, mm. was probably that person. Yeah. I haven't heard. Didn't she have, I guess she, did she have a boyfriend in between the divorce and taping of Colton season? I don't remember. I wouldn't be surprised if it, even if it wasn't that long. I, I think she did. Like, she, yeah, I imagine that she did. Um, yeah. Answer your question. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of merit to that. Um, I don't see Tasha as really being somebody who would be with someone long term who's in recovery. Mm-hmm. I, like, because as she says, she likes to like she likes to like drink with her for so, drink socially and all that stuff and I just I don't know she just doesn't strike me as someone who would want that like she she strikes me as someone who would want to like drink w- with somebody you know mm-hmm. um which I think she doesn't really say it like that but she does there's sort of a it's not like a yes absolutely that's fine it was it's sort of like a uh, yeah I mean yeah like like she would and she has but I don't think that's ideal for her and I think if she could like choose not to I don't I don't think she would choose to yeah but I mean in terms of like a personal trauma card that 
is hard to cut someone after revealing recovered addict turned motivational speaker is probably as good as a dead parent. Oh yeah. Maybe better. Also, I mean, and let's not forget that, you know, Tasha is very Christian, very Christian. If the way it's delivered is like, well, you know, you know, alcohol, you know, it has a lot of sort of religious like mm-hmm. undertones and overtones. If it's something like some version of, yeah, I found my faith or like through my faith, I was able to sort of destroy my disease, you know, then I think that, that I think that's something that Tasha would really respond to. Totally. Well, in this scenario. Totally agree. Mm. Especially, yeah, it's such a shorthand for depth. Not, I'm sure he is also deep. I don't mean to be like, he's whatever. I don't think he's like a himbo or something, but I do right. think that like, just in the currency of the show, that's yeah. a lot. And I think, uh, yeah, I, yeah, okay. I, I'm, that's very persuasive. Oh, damn. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I really, you know, I need to, I need to, to, to do my, I need to get up to date, up to speed a little bit after this, um, but. Uh, yeah, well, don't get too up to date, I like surprising you. It is actually <laughs> kind of fun, I do like being like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, no way. <laughs> um, and also, right. in that way, it can be maybe a, a sort of proxy for our audience. <laughs> don't tell them that. <laughs> um. All right, next I had fakest job title, which I had Kenny on. Who did you have? <laughs> Digital media advisor, <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike38, um, who I describe as total filler, a warm body to be handled and disposed of by producers whenever they feel it's necessary. Uh, and wow. his projection for me was uh, during a physical group date, he will be the person the other athletic dudes target to demonstrate their physical dominance. <laughs> That, that is what I think will become of Mike38, the digital media advisor, who has a fake job title. Honestly, like, called off in a stretcher was probably a fantastic outcome <laughs> for someone like him. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I think so. That's more attention than I think he deserves. Who did you... Uh... Uh, I had Kenny, just because he's a boy band manager from Chicago, also mm. a nude model. But I actually had Mike next on my list as most likely to have a secret girlfriend back home. Okay. Uh, because I found his website. <laughs> Go ahead, say, oh, you're going to say, because it turns out he does have a secret girlfriend back home. Yeah. I called her. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, for now. Um, one Canadian easiest way to hide a secret girlfriend back home. Mm-hmm. Another country. Kind of out of the reach of production, especially when they're in a bubble. Makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. Uh, also, so his job per his own website is he's basically like a professional photographer for aspiring Instagram influencers like he helps them wow yeah and to me that screams like a lot of just women around in a way and like scammer energy almost yeah that's like a Terry sort of Richardson sort of creepy like photographer vibe you know yeah Yeah. you know and just like not even like having the wherewithal to pretend to be a wedding photographer just being like eh, this is just for your instagram is like <laughs> sketchy to me yeah and <laughs> lame so lame like, really lame it's really a shame <laughs> this is a lame for everyone involved so oh, God. yeah i don't not crazy about him but who was your pick for that one again oh kenny oh yeah yep also tracks yeah <laughs> Oh, uh, no. 
Um, so did you say, I know I said my narrator pick was Garen. I can't remember if you said yours. Yeah, I had Robbie Stahl, the former Watch What oh, Happens Live. Right, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um, let's see. So I think we, we did have most likely to get flamed on Twitter, but I think most likely to get canceled is sort of that covers the same ground. I actually have a separate person who I think is going to get flamed on Twitter. Oh, okay. It is Chris Cochran. He is the, uh, what is his job title? Landscape design salesman from Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. So uh, I think he's otherwise forgettable, uh, but will become flammable because like I found his Twitter and it was flammable. He's like not Mormon. I don't think because he drinks, but he is like a Trumper big time, like, and which will get you flamed and more importantly i don't know if, okay he appears to be personal childhood friends with supermodel carly claus so okay at first i'm scrolling through his twitter and he like keeps retweeting carly claus but it's just like i'm on the forbes 30 under 30 list like just like generic shit her agent put out and i was like why is he simping like for carly fucking claus <laughs> who and then it turns <laughs> and then i like scrolled back to like when he was in high school and he has all these like pictures with a teenage Carly Kloss like I think that they're friends and as we know she dates a Kushner she dates Jared Kushner's brother so yeah I think his connections to the Trump administration potentially go deeper than we think if anything he's willing to step up to bat to defend his personal friend Carly's (laughs) in-laws Oh, think, wow. This I is, think that's going to get inflamed. Wow. This is really important, and I'm so glad you said that. Um, for me, I I have him as most likely to fade it into the background. Uh, yeah. So, so it's very similar. But, 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 but I suppose most likely to um, be sort of saved forever, like to be like consistently used as a punching bag on Twitter when people are not feeling well. Uh, they can just go they can just go to him and be like oh yeah. this fucking jabron that was a totally. good one that was a yeah that was very good that's very good thanks and also the fact that in his bio he has well okay i don't mean this to like disparage landscape designers or their associated salesmen like i'm mm-hmm. sure that they are lovely i'm sure it's a challenging and rewarding field but the fact that he then listed one of his fun facts as Chris is the oldest of four kids, all of whom have genius level IQs. So glad you brought that up. Uh, that was one of my things. I, I, I thought maybe this was your thought because I thought when he said that, I was like, oh, you're just a landscape design salesman? Or like you're a salesman, you know? I just thought surely you, you're the, a disappointment. Surely your parents are disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in you because I think this is lame. I think you can pick one of those facts, but you can't have both, you know? Yeah, I agree. Like, if he was Bennett and said that, I would have been like, this tracks. Yes. But, like, yeah, landscape design salesman on such a different arc and, like, wants to be a dad, but then... I mean, like, what point was he even trying to make with his fact? That, like, he's genetically prime for Claire's frozen eggs? Like, what the fuck are we supposed to take from that? I I mean, I suppose... I think for like the sapiosexuals out there, they're supposed to, you know, sort of be put on high alert. Like this one, he's a smart, he's a smarty pants. You know, there are a couple of them like that. They're like, 
oh, I'm so smart. I love smart women. And oh, you know, it's just like, you're no, not you shallow. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> what the fuck you do here no you don't yeah, <laughs> like, like there are so many people who are like i love to like get into like arguments or like have spirited debates with my with the woman i'm dating i'm like no you don't <laughs> like you you like you like to like feel smarter than someone and you like the opportunity to prove that you know more than them you don't actually like entertain the possibility of someone who is smarter than you or knows more than you demonstrating that you know <laughs> Well, it's such a fake thing, too, because, like, no one would say the opposite. No one would be like, I'm just looking for someone dumb as fuck. <laughs> you know? Like, it's not like, it just doesn't make any, like, it doesn't make you more interesting. It just makes you willing yeah. to say the most obvious fucking thing. Yeah. I think, yeah. It just, I, God, I, I just think, too, I think that's, like, shorthand, too, for just, like, educated. Like, mm-hmm. so you mean that you want somebody who, like, went to college? Mm-hmm. That's what you kind of mean, you know? Like, because, I don't know, like, plenty of people are and like smart enough and like have thoughts and can like talk about things even if they didn't necessarily you know go to college or whatever but like this seems to be what you mean or like have like the same opinion as you I think is like kind of a lot of what these guys are actually saying totally it's just (laughs) and so many of them are saying it after some point I'm just like oh my god whatever like well, especially with this guy's fucking beliefs. I mean, he's probably just a eugenicist. <laughs> like, I guess in his defense, maybe he's being just, like, really upfront with that. Like, And I can respect his candor here. Uh, I think <laughs> that we can all at least appreciate that. We know what we're getting. Um, and it's a relatively trash man. All right. Next, we had most likely to have faked a negative COVID test. <laughs> Who's your pick? Oh, <laughs> uh, I had... Um, Oh my god, where was he? I was so excited about this pick. Not for him, but I just thought like it's so clear that he faked this test. Oh, Chasen, 31 <laughs> accountant. He's the one that I have to Chasen is trash. Um he has bad boundaries, <laughs> he's reckless. He's the one who had like the toxic relationship with his coworker. Yeah. I forgot about that. The, the one who his friends nicknamed him Wolverine because he heals quickly, which also means he gets hurt a lot. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, so. Yeah, I just like this is this is this man has has lied about he he has somehow lied about being like like you know like getting negative uh, negative COVID test. That's what I think. Wow. Yeah. He just has toxic energy. You're so right. Like bad vibes all around. <laughs> yeah. And also, I realized you know what I I forgot to put that I actually think that he he's kind of my pick for villain. This is, and the reason is he had a toxic relationship with his coworker, which means he has to, he is like primed to have toxic relationship with his coworkers or his colleagues. All these men are his colleagues, <laughs> so I I think I think that we shouldn't be surprised. And, and I can't really tell if he has any charm or guile to offset that. Uh, his like mm-hmm. obvious I don't know like chaotic energy. So I I think it'll be interesting to see um what comes of that but I, I really do think that there's a lot of potential there for for some from, for some drama I think he's gonna get in the mix with some guys yeah I like that insight a lot like his because he has on here and chasing one swam from San Francisco to Alcatraz wearing only a pink speedo so like we know he's attention seeking <laughs> yeah and again like I mean no judgment haven't we all once or twice found ourselves in a two-year toxic relationship with a coworker? But, we have. <laughs> but 
that you would like tell a reality TV producer that like not even halfway through the game, but right the fuck off the bat. Like that's the foot you're putting forward. I would be, I would just, uh, were I producing him, I'd be like, thank you. Jason, um, I know exactly what to do with you. So (laughs) you've made, you've actually made my job easier. You fool. Yeah. He's going to be the waboom or like something. Yeah, absolutely. He's got that pink speedos coming out. I'm sure we're going to see it. Oh, I didn't even think of it. You are a genius. You're so right on the, hitting the nail on the head with this one. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I actually didn't have him on my list at all. I think because I was just like so flustered with all of this information. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, it, I can see that. It, it was a lot. Um, did you have, um, what did you have for, I don't actually, so one, our next category is a uh, producer plant thing. So I had, now, who did you have? Did you have any? Okay. Yeah, this is when I get a little galaxy brain, but I actually had Dale Moss as the producer plant. Ooh. I heard a rumor okay. that, that uh, it was not fully Claire's decision to end the season and bring in Tasha. And if you look at the timing, Tasha was actually there quarantining already at the resort before um, before Claire like made the decision to end it with the end and just go with Dale. And I so basically like the premise of what these theories are is basically like they went into it knowing that Claire had been talking to Dale mm. at least at minimum. And also that, like, the producers wanted her to wrap early so they could bring in a second Bachelorette without having to do the whole competing, like, with Britt and Caitlin at the beginning of Caitlin's season. And so this allowed them to do both in a way that looked organic. And I think maybe they, uh, they planned a deal for that. Mm. I, you know, I, yeah. come to think of it, I remember hearing something, I remember hearing something like that. Or not, I remember that, like, there was some communication between mm-hmm. Dale and Claire beforehand. I have to imagine that like production or one of the things that they make, I, I would believe that one of the things producers make these players do is give them access to their social media accounts to mm-hmm. see how much pre-gaming they've been doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I would do at this mm-hmm. point. Just like, just give me your phone. Um, well, they if, have their fucking phones. We know yeah. that. You and know. so if they're seeing that going, okay you know what because you're right because then what are your options you can either like because if this gets spoiled which it did then it undercuts like the whole fucking thing it's like it's like jojo season sort of Mm -hmm. where like clearly like jordan rogers like her pick from early on and we had to get through that season knowing that she was gonna pick him Mm -hmm. like it was still entertaining but kind of you know it's just not good tv so I, i i could see them going like okay we've got to like and you know what I think the other reason I think that makes that tracks is because in the sort of promotion they're really I think they're really kind of coming down on Claire like a lot of the Reddit like oh Claire like you know Claire broke the rules like Claire sort of ruined this the game like Claire has like gone rogue and you know she should like and we're kind of upset with her you know like that like the tone is just a little bit like they're like irritated you know with her and so I, I I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if if they kind of were like, no, but like, we're not gonna, you know, because I, I think especially with Colton, uh, you know, I think that they're probably, 
I think what we're going to see moving forward, and I think this was probably present with Pilot Pete, is that they're, they're going to have like a firmer hand with the leads and yeah. not sort of dictate as much um, of, of like the terms of engagement. And I think are probably willing to get a little bit messier when it comes to sort of trying to make sure that they get kind of the end product that they want. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was like a, a way to kind of force the well, hand. And what I was thinking, too, was, like, I imagine because they're only filming on one location, there probably is a lot of, like, anxiety about keeping the show interesting. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, like, bringing in a second Bachelorette does that. It, like, lets them double the season, basically. Yeah. And the more that I thought about it, too, like, it's not obvious to me that, like, I know they're trying to portray Claire as, like, she does what she wants and she's, like, so opinionated, but she's also a woman who we know, like via like Ben Higgins interview with Julia mm-hmm. Littman is like pretty susceptible to producer manipulation mm-hmm. and shares a lot of information with them and wants to be on reality TV. How many fucking yep. times has she come back I on this show? Yep. Why yep. would she quit early unless there was a producer push to do it? Like why wouldn't she pretend like she was still in love, get maximize the attention and maximize her exposure? It just doesn't make sense unless I, there was producer manipulation. I think you're right. This could this could be this could be sort of producer revenge, you know, they're saying, mm-hmm. like, you didn't play ball like you were supposed to, and mm-hmm. the punishment is, like, we're kicking you out, you know, because you're right, this isn't actually good for Claire. What's good for Claire is as much exposure as possible, a complete and full narrative that she can capitalize on later. What's not good for Claire is, is like, her getting usurped by Tasha or, an, or just another bachelorette, and then like I guess she can get going I have her thing with like her her you know her her picker and her winner but that gets quickly I mean again if we think of our sort of our pop culture memory being very short mm-hmm. like once she's gone she's gone you gone know? she's gone well and if her and Dale are gonna like pivot you know I mean I do think you have to kind of assuming they stay together which I've heard that they are still together mm-hmm. like they become like a money-making unit right mm-hmm. like you make yeah. more influencing as a couple and so you yeah. still stand to gain the most by having dale have maximum exposure on the show yeah you know like if, yeah. even if you're in it for totally wrong reasons which i mean they all are but like yeah. everyone is i am whatever but like you know like they have an incentive to stay out as long as possible so yeah that's why i think he's a producer plant Ooh, i love that nice. I love that take. that's so good and i think um, it'll be again. It'll be really interesting to see how they package this season and and how yeah and just how they do like the ejection because <laughs> um, yeah. like this is a firing. They are firing Claire. That's like that's mm-hmm. what that's what they did. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it should be interesting to see uh, how that how that really comes together. Uh, yeah, I love that take. Yeah, um, who would your producer plant? Who'd you have? Ed. <laughs> Ed is the, the 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 36 year old uh he's a salesman of some kind what is he um he's a healthcare salesman yeah also um, contender for fakest job because what the yeah, fuck is that exactly i was like whatever um so i have uh in quotes not a catch <laughs> um and I thought, oh, this is my thing. I was like, okay, so if you say that you're bad at multitasking and bad at planning ahead, you're not going to be good at this game. Like, mm-hmm. what, what else do you, like, can you think of two, like, more essential, like, skills than being able to multitask and plan ahead in this particular, like, arena? Like, you have yeah. to be able to do that. And if you can't, then again, like, you're, like, 
then to me it's like oh okay so the producers are just you're just there to like be a warm body for producers to sort of like tell to stand there and like say certain things you know totally and also like what I was saying earlier that just in terms of like degrees and credentials like the black men on the season are overqualified like Ed was in my mind as the particular <laughs> contrast <laughs> Like, what the fuck does this guy bring to the table, you oh, know? God, yeah. Absolutely nothing. He's not cute. He's, I would argue, busted. <laughs> I had him, he's my most likely to fade into the background because I had him as uh, skim milk personified because mm. of his, quote, aquatic hobbies and his love of all-inclusive resorts. That's a, such a bad, that's such a bad thing to love. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All aquatic hobbies are so stuck. What an idiot. <laughs> like he brings truly nothing to the table. He's yeah. looking for a woman who has natural beauty without looking overly fake. Oh, no one else here is. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And also like not hard to find. I like I you know, so again, I mean there's just too many examples to count where I just thought like, oh, that's not like difficult to find. I, like this isn't hard I, I don't think like you you're you're sort of silly you must suck you know <laughs> totally yeah, yeah. it's just Ed, like what is he doing here that blows <laughs> <laughs> but that would make sense for a producer plant because like can you imagine there's like five professional athletes a doctor attorneys <laughs> yeah a cycling instructor with a master's degree who's an aspiring dj <laughs> And you give me Ed as the contrast? Fucking no, thank you. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think we can safely assume that Ed is, will be a non-entity. <laughs> non-entity. <laughs> so you can take that out in post. Okay. <laughs> uh, who did you have as most likely there to make new bro friends? Um, so the one who is most likely there to make new bro friends is Jay, 29 fitness direction, <laughs> director. Go go on. Um, well, I don't have much more to say here. I mean, I, I what I what I wrote down after reading his bio was, LOL, 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 <laughs> skip. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then my other <sighs> was most likely to skip. <laughs> He's not even cute. He's not even cute. How sad, right? He's not even cute. He kind of reminds me of, um, who was the guy uh, recently, he like looked like Nick Vial, kind of, but he was like uglier and he was like really scrawny and constantly like picking fights with other guys. He had like a tequila brand. Luke. Yeah, he has Luke yeah. energy. Yeah. Luke was so pathetic. He's just a worm, like uh, an actual yeah. worm. Yeah. <laughs> Jay looks like a worm. Yeah. Did you have anybody for this? Yeah, I had Blake Monar. Uh, is he the wildlife dude? No, he's the guy who runs a men's hair care brand, which <laughs> to me says he likes to spend a lot of time around other men and thinking about how to help them look nice. Also, I, I, he said his idea of a romantic night includes cooking dinner at home and watching movies in sweats, which to me says you want a roommate and not a romantic partner. <laughs> and... Finally, I looked at his Instagram, and he's alone in all of his pictures. So he looks like he needs male friends. Uh, Perfect well, candidate. You know, you know, statistically, it's very hard for male men to make friends uh, above a certain age. We don't make new friends. Um, hmm. 
Yeah, and uh, that's, uh, which I think is part of why actually, I think why um, so many men, not there's like a certain percentage of men from the show like leave and they're like so excited to have like these really great new guy friends because like they're the first new friends they've made in probably five years. So yeah, yeah, it's, oh, it's, so, yeah. Blake, I hope you find what you're looking for, but yeah, yeah. good luck. <laughs> yeah, it's not clear. We'll 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 be, yeah, we're rooting for you, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I had, it would be really funny if it shows him, like, manscaping all of them. Uh, oh, oh, but, like, don't you love, don't you kind of love that? Yeah, I do. I, I think, like, I actually think that, again, he's just there to make friends. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just makes my heart, I don't know why that brings me so much joy, but to me, that's almost the ultimate right reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, here to be sweet. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> promote his small business um yeah. did you have a superlative for him um i didn't it's probably no, didn't. there's not a lot to him besides that stuff yeah i, I think his potential is low <laughs> <laughs> you better fucking make it count yeah <laughs> yeah um let's see did uh did you do most likely to fade into the background i, know I had i had ed but i also had jordan m as an honorable mention uh, is he the one who looks like a black Nick Vial? Yes, quite okay. a, quite strongly, actually. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. He's the, but he, it does say he's a towering six foot eight inches, which on your theory would make him do well. Oh, then he's not the guy I'm thinking of. Wait, who are you thinking of? Um, it's like another, Jordan C is the Nick Vial, black Nick Vial. Oh, uh, yeah, with the glasses, it's the glasses. Yeah, yeah. but okay, so, so you think so your feeling is jordan m is the one who's going to be he's going to face the background i just feel like his whole his whole angle in this bio is just being tall which <laughs> on one hand i respect on the other hand don't know how far that's gonna take you yeah uh, my superlative for him was most likely to be the tallest person sent home this season <laughs> That's such a specific superlative, and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> um, I, so I sort of loathe Jordan M. Uh, uh-huh. There are a couple of very specific reasons why. The first one is when he says that he hasn't met a woman with enough depth, and that's why he's single. I just, again, this is very similar to the, like, uh, I hate when, like, people are sad thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, one, um, Yes, you have met women with depth. You you have uh, because on some level, everyone has depth. Probably, what happened is either they you didn't perceive them to have depth because uh, they didn't weren't interested in you uh, and didn't mm-hmm. feel like opening up. <laughs> you know, shocker. It could be you and not them. He also mentioned that like he's kind of slow to he's like kind of slow to warm a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like that doesn't usually again people have to be comfortable with you to sort of I don't know sort of show you like their depth or you know connect with you or whatever oh, oh no no that's what i was thinking it's that if you don't if you aren't also being open then you're probably not going to sort you're not open to make that sort of connection anyway so i, I don't know it just seems like he isn't my sense is like oh you're not very self-aware uh well, and, and like not to come down too hard on him but like because uh, i'm sure he's lovely but like i can't imagine like the superficial whatever women that he's imagining are like flocking to date a cybersecurity expert from Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think I'm I'm coming down on him hard because I, 
because he's so tall. <laughs> I love you so much. Uh, and I, it, it's a, it's a, it's hard for me not. It's hard for me to give tall people a break. Um, as an aside, I maybe yeah. I, I ranted to you about how Jim from The Office is just tall. <laughs> No, but I think that tracks. Okay. Well, I mean, that's kind of like the end of my rant. Is like, <laughs> and if he weren't, and if he weren't tall, we like no one. We wouldn't. He wouldn't be Jim. You know, he's just like this tall dude. Like he's just fucking tall. Anyway. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, and you contrast it to like uh, Jonah on Veep, who like <laughs> is a confident enough actor to have the joke being that he's tall. But, like, Jim can't even joke about being tall, so no, what's the point? No, he can't joke about anything, because he's mm-hmm. actually very insecure and sort of, like, you know, okay, I don't, this is, we'll put a pin in this, we can revisit <laughs> my, like, how, how awful Jim actually is in the office, and we shouldn't celebrate him sort of thing. Um, but also, um, Jordan M. also writes poetry, and again, as you know, and as listeners know, like, it is actually my least favorite fact about any of these men is that they write poetry uh because again i think he might fashion himself as deep and other people as not deep and okay that's something i that that's the assumption i'm making here and it and it makes me not like him but so just to clarify you prefer or you hate jordan m writing poetry more than you hate jordan c's fun fact of jordan c dreams of having a dog named maverick Ooh. I think that's a contender for the worst fact on here. <laughs> I, 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 I will say Jordan C has the worst facts. I think he has the worst set of facts. Uh, I think because of my own sort of uh, <laughs> my prejudices, I, I think tall I, I have a I have a more sort of visceral response to to the I write poetry. Um, mm-hmm. Although I can definitely agree that objectively speaking. Jordan M's or Jordan C's facts are the most fucking abhorrent. Yeah, and he's he the one who was like, "I want." For Jordan C, I said, um, "Oh, what?" Yeah, what did you have? I had him as like the most likely to have peaked in high school. Interesting, because I don't. Looking at him, I'm not sure he's ever peaked. Yeah. I, why did I have that? I also think I had him for most likely to achieve his dreams. Well, his dream is to have a dog named Maverick to learn to salsa dance and to never swim with sharks. I know. I, and I think that is why I said <laughs> I, I have a really strong feeling that Jordan C will do everything that he's ever dreamed of. He could do it in like 48 hours. Yeah. Yep. He doesn't actually need to go on The Bachelorette to uh, do any of these things. Mm-mm. Yeah, none of his dreams require anybody else except for him. Yeah, I could see how that would make you think he peaked in high school, too. Yeah. You know, like he's... He's done it all. <laughs> He's done it all. Okay. Oh, are there uh, any men on here that you had hot takes on that were missing? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm ready. So, Joe, the anesthesiologist. Oh, yeah. 36. Um, the COVID survivor and COVID frontliner, or mm-hmm. first responder, or frontliner. Um, my superlative for him was uh, most likely to use being a COVID-19 survivor and first responder uh, war stories to get laid. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, how some people, you know, like there are some people who have, like survived cancer or have experienced like some significant hardship who like, and their sort of takeaway from that is that they like, you know, that they're going to live life to the fullest and that there's sort of like, there's no sort of point in like, 
being sad about stuff and who con- mm-hmm. you're sort of constantly like saying like if you sort of express like oh like yeah I don't know I had it like, if you're expressing like frustration or sadness about like what to them might seem sort of some sort of minor event they've got this sort of their response is just like oh well you know that's not so bad you know like yeah cancer or whatever you know like just people yeah like that I, I just I get the feeling that Joe is and will be like that sort of except like with like the COVID stuff and just mm-hmm. like oh well you know I had you know I I really saw some things in the hospital and you know like and 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 sort of and like the effect will be like it'll for some people maybe it'll be hard for them to like really feel like he thinks of their sort of personal stuff as like legitimate uh, and I think I I just think think that's like it was really shitty for other people, you know, to, to sort of, like, be around yeah. people like that. Well, my thing with Joe, too, relatedly, just, like, hearing you say this, is, like, he should know better, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> to have, like, witnessed the epicenter of the COVID outbreak, to have survived it, and then to, like, agree and go into this, like, half-assed quarantine <laughs> bubble where we know that at least one person tested positive and gets sent home and people are coming and going, like, just like the optics of like promoting that and almost like adding an air of legitimacy to the like clearly unsafe environment that they're in Mm -hmm. makes me think that like something's up with him like why would you even like COVID aside like at least from like the people I've met um like via Emily Emily uh listeners is my partner and she's a medical resident and like there are people here from who were in New York during COVID like working Wow. And it was, like, so bad. Like, I can't imagine, like, witnessing something that traumatic and then being, like, guess I'm going on The Bachelor. Like, <laughs> I, would, I would be, like, I need a month, you know? Yeah, that's a fair point. I wonder if we're going to get a ITM or sort of, sort mm. of like, kind of in the wild shot of him saying something to the effect of, you know, I was in New York um, on the front lines, and I can tell you this is nothing like this. This is, like, a paradise and safe. And everything is fine. You know, if they actually use him to kind of co-sign the space, like using his mm-hmm. credentials. Um, I I mean, I know, I just have a, I just feel like that is part of his utility here. And it's going to be, oh, yeah. really, uh, it's going to be really transparent. I think when it, ha- when and if, but probably when it happens. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I totally. am prepared to think less of Joe when that does happen. Mm-hmm. Because he's agreed to this. And should know better, more yes. than any other boy band. <laughs> manager or future pornographer in this group like <laughs> Joe should know better and oh, yeah. yeah I mean I, I do feel like like whenever you have like a doctor or like like a what was his name he invented Venmo John John who was rich like whenever you have kind of like a there's a certain edit the like smart wealthy guy always gets it's like yeah. a little bit ah shucks and a little bit maybe he is hot and I feel like <laughs> yeah. Joe's gonna get that edit, but it's gonna be so much more fucking sinister than like ever because we know he's there to like prop up the safety of this this plague hotbed that they've constructed in the desert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like hundred percent. I also <laughs> one of my notes is imagine dating Joe. <laughs> Just like you know, and, and listeners, I'm gonna speak directly to you for a moment in case. <laughs> Obviously. I want you just for a second to imagine dating Joe. Just imagine it. <laughs> okay, that's it. I just, I just wanted you to take a second. Uh, because when I imagine it, I just think of like someone who is sort of 
maybe has this kind of like faux him has some sort of faux humble air about him i think mm-hmm. and is and maybe is a bit sanctimonious and a little bit like kind of baits you into sort of complimenting him or or like agreeing with him that he is like great um but won't necessarily say it about himself like very very high on himself which Jeffrey is not always a bad thing but but it matters to him that you are also very high on him and I think that's not great this is like very like triggering for me just because like all of like Emily's med school classmates who I knew who were like older single men it was because they like wouldn't settle down because no one would worship them enough and they are like inevitably the ones that marry like 20 year old nurses because those are the only people willing to like throw their dreams out to follow them around like he just has like that energy to me and there's like no way he's here for claire no way (laughs) or taisha there's no way no 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 no. i'm glad we both hate him he was actually he was my most likely to have faked a negative COVID test just because he has the technology. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. the resources. He was my close second. Um, <laughs> do you have any other uh, hot takes or, or anybody you really want us to kind of like talk about? Uh, let me, I think that was it for me. Kind of everyone else like didn't really trip my trigger research wise. Like this was definitely like the juiciest bits I have. So mm. Yeah. How about you? There are two people. Um, One is Ivan. He's the 28-year-old aeronautical engineer. So he's the one who builds jets for the military. Sorry, I made air quotes, everyone, because I am... It's got to be drones, right? Yeah. So so my thing was, I really need to know what kinds of jets, (laughs) air quotes uh, included, he builds for the military. That Mm -hmm. really matters a lot to me. I, I think just the fact that he builds jets anyway is sort of like, for the military, is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I would like to know if he has built jets that have been sold to other countries that have been used to murder people. Um, that's what I really want to, that's what I want to know. But, uh, because I don't really care that he's close to his mom. Um, I don't really care that he's good but not great looking. Yeah. Um, or that he kind of reminds me of Wills. Mm. Um, I really care about how much blood he has on his epoxy. <laughs> I actually had him on my short list for most likely to get canceled for that exact reason. Mm. Just, again, batch signal does not support Western imperialism. Yeah, or Wills in any way. And Ivan is not hot enough to make us change that opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that does mean what you think it means. It means that if he were hot, we might have trouble a little bit. Or at least we could say he has something going for him, which is that he's hot. But he's you know, not going for him. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, the only Bachelor veteran that I am willing to lay it all on the line for is Jubilee. <laughs> Do you remember her? She also I, played the cello, and she I, spoke like four languages. I will never forget Jubilee. I would risk it all for Jubilee, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think she, she, was, she was an excellent player. I think, I think if she was playing now, I think she would do so well. I, I just think she was a little bit before her time. And we deserve to have her back, I think. Um, I she, is, she is too good for the show. Um, and perhaps too good for all of us. But I do think, I, I think she would, I think she'd do well. 
I wonder what she's up to. I hope she's good. Jubilee, if you're out there. We hope you're good. <laughs> I hope you're good. We take back everything we said about the troops, only as yeah. it applies to you. you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. We're willing to make exceptions, everyone. Um, mm. as, as, as you should be also. Um, and the other guy, uh, the only other guy, did you watch Grey's Anatomy? Um the first like couple seasons okay well those are the only good seasons so that that's fine um easy 29th sports marketing agent one of his fun facts was that he's seen every episode of Grey's Anatomy and my superlative for him was most likely to say I'm quote looking to find my person and mm. then and who is also looking to say you're my person to mm-hmm. Claire Otatia so that that was just that was like a thing I the thing I had for him he was another one for me where I just, like, didn't know what to do with him. Like, I couldn't find him anywhere on the internet. I was mm-hmm. kind of compelled by his bio. Like, I like the ex-athlete, but, like, still in the sports world and, like, mm-hmm. a meaningful professional context angle. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just, I don't know. Like, I just didn't know what to do. Like, do you see him going far? What's your vibe? Um... Again, I, I, so this is sort of what I was alluding to earlier after we were talking about DeMar, or so when we were talking about DeMar, mm. I thought, like, there were so many Black dudes with this almost identical profile. Mm-hmm. Like, even his, you know, like, former pro athlete and still in this sort of state, in this, like, and, like, his goals are very similar to a lot of mm-hmm. these other men. And so I just thought there isn't enough here from his profile to give me a sense of like on camera what he's going to be like or like socially how is so I think what really matters a lot is okay so all of these um I'm just thinking of these black dudes in particular they're mm-hmm. all very similar so how are they going to stand out exactly mm-hmm. are they going to make an effort to do so because I think if they don't make an effort to do so if they decide like okay we're gonna kind of like be bros and stick together I think it hurts all of them and I think like perhaps what we see with Dale is that I'm, I'm interested to see, like, well, he already pre-games, like, really hard. So it's, it's interesting to see, like, if he kind of, if he's one who doesn't really obey, like, the bro code or, like, mm-hmm. play fair, because he's obviously not playing, like, fair. Um, and that's, like, what is able to sort of allow him to separate a lot more. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's something, I think that's a trap that a lot of these guys get into. It's, like, they're so, they're, they're so observant of, like, the bro code. Um, that they like aren't willing to take risks or like mm-hmm. play particularly hard and I think that like that's a trap that all these black guys could fall into is that they're too like into each other and like wanting to support each other and like hmm. not they're too good for the show they're too good for the yeah <laughs> like they're too, too pure the show. they're too yeah. yeah like they're you know they're not willing to like really play hard and um in, in the way that will make them compelling to the producers so I, so he was someone I put kind of in the middle there who could do well on Paradise. Who would we do better on Paradise than, than on The Bash? He does seem like he's gonna be a like. I think a lot of the professional athletes tend to be like guys, guys, mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe like Colton. Yeah. Um, I do think, yeah, there is that like seeking of male camaraderie there that I find adorable. Yeah. You know. It, yeah. But... It, it's it's. But again, it's. It makes like so it, it just it just means that like a lot of these guys it's hard to see like what they're 
like if their goal really is okay i want to have like a good time and then parlay whatever i can or convert whatever sort of goodwill i can into just sort of generally helping me moving forward and like maybe continue to participate but oh but i'm fine just kind of being like one of the guys like in the bachelor fam Mm -hmm. um i think which i think is like a really good like if that's really your goal i think that's so easily attainable and i think it's Mm -hmm. like attainable for this guy yeah Um, and i kind of hope that that is his goal because i think that that makes sense that works i think i worry that like if he put (laughs) i worry if he plays too hard then he'll ruin that for himself you know so um but i think i think he's got i think he'll do fine um i don't know if he'll stand out yeah no, I well, I hope he makes a lot of lasting friendships. I I, I think he does too. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I have a feeling he does too. Um, is there anybody anybody else that you really want to talk about? I think that's it. I think everyone else is kind of this like blur for me. Like yeah. there's so many guys. There's a lot of guys. Like a lot. Um, and the fact that like, I mean, maybe it's good in some ways that like it's gonna flip to Tasha in the sense that like we'll be seeing a lot more like first dates again so hopefully we can like get to know guys a little more yeah um I do think like that well I mean we could talk about this more we could shift gears to just talking about like our feelings about the upcoming season based on all this if you want yeah let's do it yeah I mean like I'm really interested in like what the effect of like we've never seen a group of guys have to revert back to first date mode after like being together through eliminations after mm-hmm. all this like I think that's going to be interesting in the sense that like there's probably going to be like intra house beefs happening like carrying over into Tasha being there and Tasha is going to like drop in you know like I don't yeah. know how all of that's going to play out slash if it's going to make some of these guys like snap before they would otherwise like yeah. I could I can't imagine thinking I'd made it so far into this game and was getting closer and then finding out actually it's starting over. Yeah. And I've been fighting with someone with a tactic of like flaming out halfway through or something. Like I just think that's gonna affect gameplay in a way that's gonna be really crazy. No, I, I no, I agree. I, I'm 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 thinking especially of um well how many villains we'll have this season. So I mean I think it's likely that maybe we'll get like sort of a first like a first half villain mm-hmm. and then like uh, maybe a new one will emerge um when Tasha comes or not even villain but like someone who you know obviously her sort of shaking up like the next of the house but I wonder I wonder if like somebody like, really didn't expect to like get a villain at it or to cause sort of stress or conflict in the house starts doing that and that it maybe might be the result of like what if like there's a guy who's like clearly on the bottom who's like not getting any attention like um uh, I, I can't think of anybody but like someone who's like obviously on the bottom who doesn't get any airtime in the first couple episodes and then Tasha mm-hmm. comes and suddenly she's really into him you know and like and and, it, and her sort of taste and interest shifting sort of away from like the people who had been sort of the, like the stronger players in the house I mean, how they're going to react to that. Because I wonder, you know, like, to the extent there'll be sort of shifting alliances or, like, really, like, um, how that sort of... I imagine we'll see... Well, I think it'll be interesting to see, like, how solid the alliances are, uh, mm-hmm. especially given, like, they're not going to be traveling. And I think being in one location will sort of emphasize that sort of pack tribal mentality. I think 
a lack of movement will make it harder for there to be more shifts uh, within sort of like the way these groups are aligned. Um, and I think that, yeah, I, I think that, I, I think the guys, I predict the guys to be a little bit more unsure of themselves um, when, when, when Taisha comes. I think, I think there's going to be, uh, and I think we'll also get to see how many moves they really have, you know? Like if, yeah. like what if like, the guys doing the same shit, saying the same shit, how it'll, how it'll play the second time around, you know? Like what if it kind mm-hmm. of works, what if it sort of works on Kriba and doesn't work on Tasha? you know? What will these guys, how, they, how will they respond to that? You know, I'm really interested in that. I, I don't think, we'll, we'll, we've never seen players have to be so adaptable, you know, in this particular way. Yeah. It's, and, I mean, it's going to be crazy. And, like, I, Reality Steve was suggesting, too, that at least four new guys are going to join when Tasha joins. Uh, right, right. Which is going to, like, totally shift things as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have both the dynamic of, like, old and new, plus, like, how that affects whatever beefs are happening. And, like, they, the producers, like, could just throw in another, like, first string villain mm-hmm. oh, if yeah. they wanted you know like who knows that i think that gives production so much power to do things that are like bonkers Mm -hmm. i i really feel for these players (laughs) they're gonna have to be really good i do too i i so i feel i I feel confident that we're gonna we're gonna get some that these that there's like enough like at least solid players in this group um that we'll see for a while you know, that will be, kind of be with us for a while. I think this is kind of like a good, I think this is a good crop. Uh, I think there's mm-hmm. obviously some filler as there always is. But I predict that like, given like the, because these extreme conditions, <laughs> I'm hoping that it really brings out the best of these guys. Um, and and I also think like, I also think the producers are going to be like, not hard on them, but I think they're going to be like, okay, you have to, you have to play hard. You got to do stuff because it, we're just here for just we can't like distract people by like a picturesque setting you know or like a really sort of banal like hot topic or whatever like you, it's just you guys here so you got to do something um and so i i have i i'm feeling sort of positive about that um and and that like the whole concept and setup i think will will actually lend itself i think it'll go interesting places um because it's if nothing else i don't still think it's gonna be boring because we'll always have we'll always be able to fall back on this and like oh this is this is fucking weird that this is happening like how bizarre that they're doing this right now you know well and like i just can't imagine like from the player's perspective like they went into this bubble not that long ago, so like COVID is still going strong. Mm-hmm. We're in the midst of the 2016 fucking election. Like I feel like all I do is like play video games in my house right now, and I'm like shooketh. Like I can't imagine <laughs> then being like thrown into a resort where I'm going to stay for an indeterminate number of weeks while being plied with alcohol and manipulated by producers. Like, yeah, I, I just feel like these guys are gonna like do some insane shit you know yeah i think it's gonna be fucking bonkers <laughs> yeah i think I it's really, gonna be, i like, really do and i think it's like ugh, like a document of our time or whatever it's gonna be like crazy like i think it, the next decade of our friendship we're gonna look back at this season and be like what the fuck was that <laughs> yeah like this yeah this was yeah this 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 uh this 
<laughs> this changed things. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I also wonder, I, but I think it's going to take a while to see, you know, what, what the actual changes and shifts are. I think, you know, I think we should be careful about uh, making sort of pronouncements about mm. like what kinds of shifts are going to happen just because, you know, just because of like this particular context. Like I'm thinking specifically about like just ongoing efforts to sort of diversify like both mm-hmm. like, the cast and like the leads and stuff. Like I, I just think um, it's too soon to say how much and to what extent any of that's really gonna stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I don't know, again, like how invested I am in any of that. I think we've talked about it before, but like I, I don't know that I'm super interested in like The Bachelor either one being progressive or like because it can't be progressive without fucking like reaping as much benefits as it can about like being progressive and thereby sort of I think sort of turning it into like a just sort of sterile like commodifiable like thing to sell like now I'm just sort of bu- you know what I mean totally. so I I I am curious especially these next two seasons this season and then the matching season I think will be really just very interesting to watch very interesting to see like what people are saying um and 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 i think after that sort of getting a sense for like and then the seasons after that i think will be a better we'll have a better sense of like okay what are the significance of these seasons now you know what i mean totally a year maybe and to see like what they do after this yeah it's so interesting because like i feel like diversifying the cast is just like or that move for representation is just like so clearly linked to like making money like both in like being able to like appeal to a progressive audience but also just like potentially expand their base to include more people of color but even like how individual contestants think about it like I know you and I as we talked about both listen to clickbait Mm -hmm. and I was just like so struck like Tasha was saying this thing about I'm talking about like putting positivity in the world or some shit. But for her, she was like talking about like wanting to like be in the influencing and like beauty oh space. I know exactly. Yep. I, yeah, yeah. To like look to like, you know, be a role model for girls who look like her. But like that is inextricably linked to like selling things to them and yes. to consumption. And, you know, it's just like for these, for like all of these contestants, like even. Ben Higgins, like, all of them, like, just that is so tied up with selling shit that yeah. you just can't get away from it, you know, yeah. and it's, like, it's maddening, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm, no, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, because one of the things, so I was listening to, um, especially listening about, like, audience, because I was thinking, and listening to a lot of these Bachelor sort of podcasts, I was thinking a lot about audience, and, like, who, who actually is, like, the target audience, or mm-hmm. the audiences for um the bachelor and i just thought oh it's just like uh oh because i was listening to um reality steve did a uh, an interview with um two black girls one rose oh yeah and um which uh i'm i don't which i know that that's like your listeners we sort of divided a little bit some of like the podcasts we're supposed to listen to and and i, I don't know if, we, if ex- we've explained this really but one of the things that we do is we listen to a lot of Bachelor-related podcasts um, because we are really interested in what 
you know, these people are saying, particularly former contestants or sort of reporters or people who are really close uh, to like the franchise and the show, like what are, how are they talking about it and sort of what, and, and giving a sense of like what the discourse is so that we can, uh, we can sort of talk about it and, and, and sort of add our voices, um, our correct voices uh, to, to, <laughs> to the conversation or whatever. But so as a part of that, one of the things I did is I, wa- I listened to Reality Steve, who is, he's in my, I'm responsible for uh, listening to him. <laughs> I've been calling um, it my gauntlet. Yeah. He's on your gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, he's on my gauntlet. Um, but um, so they were talking, to, anyway, so he's, he was talking to the, these, uh, to the, the host of uh, Two Black Girls on the Rose. And they were talking about, um, they were talking about casting uh, leads and they were talking about like um, Matt James's casting and like why, for example, he was cast and why like Mike Johnson mm-hmm. like wasn't cast or why they wouldn't cast someone like Eric Bigger, who is wonderful, um, by the way. Wonderful. Um, His Instagram is delightful. Like I hate prosecutors and I still like love Eric Bigger. Like he's going to be yeah. like a mayor one day or something. Yeah. I just love yeah. him. He yeah. has like a so-so showing on Paradise, but like I, I, I like his personality. Like it, me too. Know. And um, and they were saying like, oh well, you know, Matt James is more like pal- palatable to white America, and mm-hmm. you know, and they wouldn't cast anybody like Eric Bigger because he's too black or whatever. And I thought, yeah, I, I think what it more is is Eric Bigger doesn't have sort of middle class enough Hmm. tastes um and and i I think that not even values but i think his i think like part of the fantasy that like the bachelor offers is like a very one that's sort of targeted towards sort of like middle class people so it's not just Mm -hmm. white middle america because they were saying like oh it's like it's somebody that needs to be palatable to like white america and i was like no i think it's like it's not just that. It's palatable to anybody who can, like, afford to buy whatever The Bachelor is selling and whatever the people who are involved with The Bachelor are selling. And those people are, pro- are typically, like, middle, like, middle class people. So, like, the part of the reason that, um, like, I was, again, I, I'm jumping all over the place a little bit because I was kind of thinking about it, like, I, I listened to all of this in, like, an unbroken stream of several hours. And so, um, I was thinking about like the bachelor happy hour and how Rachel and Becca was like, man, they seem like so similar. They're actually like so similar. Like they have basically the same interests and like, uh, like desires and like personality. And, and I mm. just thought, okay. Uh, and, you know, and they're talking about like, you know, diversity and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking, okay, but what do they, what is the sort of like touch? Like what's like sort of the common, like the unifier like around like even like again like mac james or rachel Lindsay or just sort of like diverse casting or even like even these new even if we look at the players on this season what makes them qualified to be on the show and a lot of them i think like they're educated like they have like they're gainful employment um they it seem like they are their aspire or are comfortably in like the middle class and again and again they can buy the things that they'll be selling to us and and like the real audience again i guess really my point is the real audience is like us like people who can buy the things that they're selling Mm -hmm. and people can like also like 
afford this particular fantasy um which which will lead me to think like uh to ask myself if if the kind of love and romantic story that the bachelor offers or fantasizes is one that only like middle class and up people can have uh and with and if like love is something that poor people don't experience you know like <laughs> as, as like imagined by the bachelor like this kind of like fairy tale sort of thing like is it, 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 mm. it is it just really again like so long as like your audience has buying power like it does like, totally. it doesn't really, like that's the important part so well like look at the like signifiers that the show attaches to love is consumption it's like mm-hmm. international travel there's like always a shopping date and then yep. it ends with like a giant brand a named ring, ring. yeah <laughs> like it's like yep. so yeah your point's so well taken there's just so much like consumption associated with romance um, and I mean, like the contestants, to the extent that they like operate independently of production and production's narrative, which like I don't know where to draw that line, but mm-hmm. like they have the same interest in cultivating like a middle class audience because they yep. go on to just make advertisements. Yep. On the internet, so it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so, interesting. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. You go. No, I was going a different direction. So if you have final. Oh, thoughts. okay, okay. So yeah, my final yeah. was just um just like kind of in regards to like this push for like diverse casting yeah you know it's just very clear that all they need like so again so think i'm sort of going back to yeah steve's interview um both of these women i can't remember their names um but they were they were they're very interested in, obviously in like representational politics and good representation like they mm-hmm. they like rachel Lindsay. Um, because she's good representation, but they also are aware that the only reason she was cast is because she is, like, representing something in particular, and I was just, like, again, like, just thinking about what, what counts as, like, diverse casting, what kinds of diverse casting will happen and that people seem to want, um, and, like, like sort of what the limits are and also just mm-hmm. all just just sort of hearing that there's not like a it doesn't seem to be a very explicit sort of class analysis um it being made here by a lot of like these people because also because also fucking also these and i was thinking about this too is that like um these two black women uh met in private school and they <laughs> like are like also like middle class um and I, I, I think, like, you know, even if they have some qualms with representation, like, ultimately, they think it's better that, like, these middle-class Black people be represented because they're more like them, um, and they think that that's how Black people should be represented, and, and that's how Black people should be sort of known and thought of, um, and are not interested, actually, in, like, a wide variety of they're only interested in like black stories that make black people look good um mm-hmm. which which is just that's what it you know that's just what it is and i think that and because and part of that means not necessarily thinking too hard about their own sort of class interests and investments uh in in representation so that that, that was just something that i was sort of thinking about as, as i was listening to as i was reading these bios and listening to some of the the podcast over this, these last few days and um, I'm sure it's something that will come up again but I just kind of wanted to like put that out there as like you know wow like yeah, yeah as you said like consumption is a huge part of this you know it's all of it seems like a giant fucking ad all of it that's you know 
It is. Yeah. yeah. It just I think that's for the show. Like the whole show is <laughs> an mean, ad yeah. for the show so that more people get on the show. It's all just a fucking ad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like kind of with that, my big like thought having run the gauntlet of Bachelor Media this week was like, I'm really interested in how the shows like move to diversify and like portray itself as more racially aware is like mm-hmm. timed with the release and promotion of these like bachelor owned and run podcasts Ooh. like they've expanded from just bachelor happy hour which really wasn't going until peter season mm-hmm. and now they have this clickbait one too that Tasha's a co-host on yeah like i do think the show is trying to tell a story of its own efforts to diversify that Mm. is cleaner than it actually is like yeah i mean we've talked about this a little bit but i think like rachel and a few other people in other interviews have talked about like part of the problem is just that um you know like the leads tend to be white and then their top four tend to be white so there's just Mm. like an endless cycle of white people but like part of the problem with that is like the show as we've talked about like the show controls everything including (laughs) like casting and probably who makes it to the final four and like there's no reason they have to pick someone who from the final 40 would be the next lead right but i i was even listening to like game of roses a couple weeks ago they've been on their listeners you should listen to it it's a foundational text i think yes. i love game of roses yeah. but they were going through like seasons two through seven of the bachelor mm-hmm. and they used so in andrew firestone season like i guess they used to do this thing where they would have like they would show the producers interviewing multiple people and then they would like you would see production pick the bachelor in the first episode and like introduce yourself to the bachelor uh one of the finalists for Andrew's Firestone season was like a black man. Like he was an Olympic volleyball player and it like, they spent a ton of time with him. Yeah. And then at the last minute they were like, instead we got this white millionaire, you know, like it's like, (laughs) it's just like, it's not as if the bachelor, like suddenly Mike Fleiss, like looked around and was like, huh this doesn't actually align with my personal values you know like it's a machine that has been intentionally promoting like white leads and white finalists yeah but at the same time like I feel like The Bachelor is like I think cynically like trying to control its own narrative about itself Mm -hmm. like via these like licensed podcasts via Lauren Zima and Chris Harrison's fucking nightmare of a relationship (laughs) like oh my god right like yeah how does she, how does she just, pretend to have any fucking integrity it's beyond me drives me up a fucking wall <laughs> like oh, just like all of that you know is yeah. so like I, I just think they're trying to like intentionally push themselves out there to like tell a very specific more palatable more marketable story about their own like diversification efforts that like mm. i think is going to go unquestioned by everyone except us yes except the smartest us. people yes. i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. i know i that's all me and i, th- I think you're th- i think you're really onto something there like i i it's also really smart like not only your opinion not, not only your incredible opinion here but uh, but <laughs> as sort of in terms of strategy by mm-hmm. like the show i think it's so smart to sort of unleash this sort of cadre of influencers that you've made who can sort of manage like 
can sort of manage the messaging a little bit. And like, um, and, and there was sort of, I was getting yeah. a sense of that in like happy hour when like, uh, when, when Becca and Rachel seemingly like unselfconsciously and sort of like really sort of, seemingly sort of really matter of fact, we were talking about like whether, which of these guys would be good for Claire. Uh, and when they got to Dale, they like, they kind of said something like, oh, you know, we've heard, we've heard a lot about Dale. And, and kind of that's it. Like, they, oh, they, and they discussed his bio and then moved on. And I was like, oh, okay. But I was really, I really wanted to know, like, are they going to be like, well, we've all heard about Dale or like, well, we know how this one goes and kind of move on. But instead they were just like, kind of casual they, they they alluded to the fact that they knew something but they did not portray anything beyond that and i and i, I think it's just really it's just really significant just so that we know that like moving forward they're not going to do like anything that they say the entire podcast is like production approved even yeah uh, even Rachel Lindsay's sort of criticism of the, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like, like she would, so if this was truly intolerable to the bachelor, they just want to give her a podcast. That's what I was just going to say. Their smartest move in all of that is like keeping Rachel Lindsay in their pocket. Yep. I think she's a bigger liability, not on a, not on the bachelor's like pay roles than she is a free agent. Right, right. And they've got, they've totally got her number, you know, because it's like, they know she's clout chasing, she's fame hungry, and (laughs) again, listeners, I don't like Rachel Lindsay. Um, I like her, don't come for me. (laughs) No, 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 I I don't. I I just No, not you, the listeners. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care about you. I don't. No, I just, I just think, um, I just think it's very clear again i mean i I think the the it's clear like what her investments are and like what she and the sort of the line that she has to sort of carefully walk and i think it's again it's very revealing that everything that she said has not been she hasn't been penalized for any of that and which again suggests that production like okay well that's fine because it doesn't matter like it doesn't doesn't matter really Mm -hmm. it only makes us look more tolerant and we can sort Mm -hmm. of and because you're not really asking for anything that we can't do that will change fundamentally. Because again, Rachel doesn't actually want to change the show. Like she doesn't think it's like, maybe like, maybe like evil and bad, you know? Like if we, if like, if someone, I don't know, like to me, I think we've talked about this before. It's like, I enjoy watching The Bachelor. I think it's interesting. Would I be heartbroken if it got canceled because people were like, you know, actually we think that maybe this is sort of the net, result of this is bad um and we don't want that i'd be like oh yeah i mean okay i get that like i'm not gonna fucking die on this hill like i don't don't (laughs) you know what i mean um but you know again rachel rachel's dependent on this show being on because it it funds her life and her reputation is bound up in it at least until she achieves some kind of like independent success from it which like i think she's getting towards I think if anyone's gonna do it I think it's gonna be Rachel frankly yeah she's really diversified um Mm -hmm. her her uh portfolio and (laughs) I think when she got on like catfish I was like oh you really you are you you're hard pivoting here like you you're here to stay like you're Mm -hmm. you know I thought okay well 
as much as I don't like that. Um, that that's I can res- but I can respect I can re- at least respect like oh she had a plan and she's you know she's doing it like I I can I can acknowledge that more power to her but yeah no it's gonna be like I'm so I to bring things around like so interested to just like hear how bachelor branded and non-bachelor branded podcasts like discuss all of this because I think at the end of the day besides game of roses and and two black girls one rose I don't in reality Steve I think those are kind of the three out of pocket but I think a lot of the other ones have existing relationships with former contestants Mm -hmm. or production or whatever and they're not Mm -hmm. going to push as hard and question a lot of these like neat assumptions about the way that the bachelor freaking arcs towards justice <laughs> like whatever you want to yeah. say of its current efforts you know yeah yeah I agree I, I'm I'm curious to you know and, and some of like the arcs of some of these unofficial podcasts is like inevitably they have former contestants on it seems mm-hmm. like um two black girls and one, one rose did interview Rachel Lindsay they did have her on their pod oh, um, I didn't know that yeah, that was that's something I learned in Reality Steve's podcast. Um, and I think Game of Roses just had a former player. They had a listen to your heart player, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which I don't know if that really counts. Uh, but I think at a certain point, and we've talked about this before as it pertains to like, if if we were are ever so, ever if we're ever in the, the um, of opportunity to interview like a former player or somebody who's like you know a more sort of central to bachelor nation would we do it and you know i think the the question is i think and what we've talked about is like well there's really no going back after that like to mm-hmm. me you know is because mm-hmm. once you've done that you've you've kind of i think your investments change a little bit and also like your potential your earning potential changes certainly mm-hmm. and and the more it gets tied up in that, I think the more you have to question where your new lines are. You know, you have to negotiate with like people about like what they're willing to talk about, you know, and 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 uh, maybe one day that's something we'll talk about. Um, but 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 I am interested at this time in just watching other people do it and yeah. how they kind of navigate that and how they rationalize it, I think. Um, and yeah and so yeah and and maybe reveal to like what some of their sort of investments are and and how far they're willing to go and sort of like talking about about the show i'm really particularly interested in this re game of roses um Mm -hmm. because i think that's i think that's like a i think they're getting to a point where they might need to ask that ask those questions about uh, uh, you know about kind of for themselves and for their for their pod I mean, maybe it's self-selecting too, right? Like, no one who's super loyal to the fan- franchise and listens to 25 seconds of Game of Roses is going to go <laughs> on. You know, they have a very specific philosophy about production where I think if you really drink the Kool-Aid, you're not going to want to cooperate with them. Mm. Kind of in the way that I think, like, former contestants, until they've been, like, burned or think that they can best Reality Steve, like, don't go on Reality Steve <laughs> show, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna be a weird one, I think. I'm excited. I'm excited to like be on Discourse Watch. Yes. 
you know. Yeah, that's what the that's what the that's what we should call this segment. It's like discourse walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, discourse roundup or or something like that. Yeah. Well, all right. To cleanse our palates of Bachelor and Absolutely. Bachelor related material. Do you have any other weird watches? What's been going on lately? Uh, recently uh, watched the first few episodes of American Barbecue Showdown on Netflix. Oh, how is that? You know what? It's uh, kind of funny. So it, <laughs> it's very, so it's kind of, um, I mean, it's in the style, it's in the sort of, it's one of these sort of bake-off, um, like, derivative shows mm-hmm. um, in terms of its production value and setup and 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 general um like organization it's i think being filmed somewhere in georgia but like it's actually really kind of delightful like the casting is excellent and oh. the judges are really funny like they're very they just like so all these challenges are like five hours long because uh, it's barbecue yeah uh, right <laughs> so what these judges do is just they sort of sit down with these hosts who are like non-entities I don't even remember their names and kind of just like talk shit about the contestants and like it, or just to sort of note that like that person is like not doing something right or just sort mm-hmm. of like make these sort of like shake their heads and stuff it's just really funny it's like you know like in Bake Off like you, you get the kind of reserved the judges are sort of reserved and like don't really they're not mm-hmm. always as open with like whether somebody's doing something wrong here you get like whole sort of itms where are like oh yeah like this is the reason that's bad and like oh that person's in trouble it's like they're just yeah they're just like they're just like talking shit and it's just really fun and the food looks great um and i learned i'm learning about barbecue things that it's actually really complicated and interesting like craft yeah it, it really, um yeah it's me my, my partner likened it to like sushi like the way that like you have like Japanese like sushi masters and people who like spend years like learning how to do sushi the right way and like the barbecue is kind of like that because it's it's just very very um I mean I just think like just think about like the endurance you need to have like you're dealing with like heat and fine physics and shit um and like I just think I just I've, I've I've come to have a new respect and appreciation for like barbecue and the people who do it, um, and I just find it yeah it's been like really interesting. So that's, I would say that's one weird watch. Um, what about you? Okay. Um. Yeah. So this has actually been like an ongoing weird watch that I'm just now publicly acknowledging, but it has been going on for about eighteen months. Uh, I devour this British makeover show called 100% Hotter. Oh, Have you like seen that. it yet? No. Oh, fuck. Okay, so it's it's like... Uh, the, okay, so the premise of the show is that somebody who needs, like, a makeover comes in and, like, there's the style team and they survey people around the country to get this person's initial hotness rating and then they, like, <laughs> do consultations and makeovers and then they take a new picture of them and then they solicit their new hotness rating to establish that they have become 100% hotter. Oh, oh I think Yasmin uh, watched this. Yeah, and like the thing that I just like fucking love about it is I think like culturally we have this acknowledgement that makeover shows are like gross and problematic. Like they're always so rooted in like 
body dysmorphia and like classism and just like norms of what is good and the show is clearly like aware of that and so to fucking like get around that they always pick people who need like a make under so it's like people who are like super fucking goth or like you're a furry but you keep dressing like a furry at work or like (laughs) people who are like in so fucking deep that like they clearly don't even want a makeover like it's kind of unclear why they're there and they fight it the entire time and then they immediately going back to like dressing like a mascot cow or like whatever the fuck they were doing before (laughs) it's just this like wild like and they clearly also film like 10 of them in a day you know what I mean it's just this kind of like rapid fire succession of like 18 year old metalheads like having to get a suit for a job interview and then turning around and being like fuck that like every time (laughs) uh and I love it It's, it's just like so like there's always like there's always like the the people who are in a specific subculture and that's why they dress the way they do Mm -hmm. and then there's like the other band of people are people with like very extreme body dysmorphia or there's a lot of like people of color who are doing like crazy dangerous things to their appearance to like assimilate to like the white norms of England or like people struggling with their gender like people who have problems that a makeover show cannot fucking address and cannot even like start to touch so it's just like this sounds incredible oh you would I think you would enjoy it okay it's good I'm gonna try it I'm gonna try it out especially because like at the end so they only give them like one outfit like it's not like what's like uh what not to wear you know they give you a whole wardrobe Mm -hmm. this one they just give you one outfit and a haircut and show you to do your makeup and then they do a follow-up and just inevitably nobody sticks at the makeover <laughs> that sounds so good yeah it's I'll a good it out. you should do it I think just because like makeover shows are like an unsung genre but they used to be fucking everywhere you know yeah. they really died out yeah I remember just like sort of this is like a broader makeover but did you ever watch extreme makeover home edition or extreme it was like extreme. The home. first extreme makeover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's home edition because the first one was a plastic surgery show. Oh my god. I watched that when I was like probably twelve, maybe ten. Like the plastic surgery show. Yes, with my mom. Oh like god. we were just like, seems great to get your lips done. Like. <laughs> oh. I don't think I ever saw that. I saw like the home edition one, and it was so satisfying that was such an amazing show Mm. like and it's just so well produced and like so because it was always like this family who (laughs) this poor family that's like falling on hard times like needs a home that is like you know serviceable and like you know like a a very stable roof over their head and then they would come and make this yeah and we'd be like damn if only we could (laughs) just like I think it's just like uh, the fantasy is so clear there, uh, and mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. like compelling um, and like desirable, and just it's so straightforward um, that even I think I was I was pretty young when I was watching it. I remember actually I was living in we were living in Lincoln, um, Nebraska. Um, yeah. Not that most of you know where that is, um, <laughs> and they did like a house that was like. A couple of neighborhoods over and I would like I kind of in the neighborhood I went to school and so I would like go out of my way to like walk past it like when they finished it because it's like it looked still looked nice and stuff it was really yeah it was cool um wow. you know so many of those people ended up losing their houses did you ever hear that 
<laughs> they like couldn't afford the fucking property taxes because they like the show would jack up the property value too high. <laughs> It's like such a <laughs> metaphor for something. I don't even want to unpack right now. Yeah, no, I, that, all, all I can think is, yeah, it sounds about right. Um, <laughs> that, that sounds about right. And I, I feel, uh, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with like, I, I'm okay with this, like, this thing that I thought was like really like nice and like, no, I'm, I'm glad or I can appreciate that it worked on me, mm-hmm. that watching it, like, worked, and the show was great, and that, of course, the reality is, is so much different, and I, and I think I'm just, like, yes, that is, like, that is what reality TV is, uh, and so I, I'm, like, okay, I'm fine with that, I, I <laughs> sorry to those people, um, but at least I got to go to Disneyland, um, you know, and they'll always have that, even if they no longer have their house. Uh, well, on that, incredibly high note (laughs) (laughs) yeah well this has been um this has been batch signal the very first episode yeah and um i think we'll be back probably in about two weeks to talk about the premiere of claire's season if not sooner but until then if you want some retweeted memes or more you know spicy takes on the united states military you can follow us on twitter at batch signal or email us your shitty opinions to thebatchsignal at gmail.com. But until then, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>